And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. And welcome to Flashback Friday. I am your host, David K. Montoya. Zoe Montoya. We've been away. We've been away for, what, a little over a month. Um, just needed some time to not podcast. I mean, there's so much going on in the the world of the Jezomon Dark Myth Company that requires copious amounts of my attention. and. Um, so I, I just I had to make a, an executive decision and figure out what exactly needed to be cut, and I decided Flashback Fridays just for a month. So now we're back. So if you're brand new to the show, let me explain it to you. Uh, Zoe and I, I guess Zoe may, must be my official co-host now. Um, we have, well, the Jason Modcast Podcast Network started in 2012, and we've accumulated almost 800 podcasts, individual podcast shows. What we do is we get together each and every Friday, we jump into the archive, we pick three random uh, episodes, sometimes they have a theme, sometimes they do not, uh, we play them, and we talk about them. And then by the end of the show, which is typically around three hours long, we send you home, hopefully enlightened, entertained, and ready to come back next Friday for more audio, free audio entertainment. I forgot our own tagline, which I created. <laughs> you should remember it. So, you ready to go ahead and jump into... The show? Yep, 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 yep. All right. Okay, we will start with Zoe's particularly. Uh, we we already pulled the the shows before we started. Uh, this is Zoe's favorite podcast. My mom. Yes, her mom. Um, and it is. Don't get it started. Number twenty one. Yep, you're right. It is Don't Get Us Started, number 21, Health and Fitness. And let me scroll down and see what it says here. It says, originally released March 6, 2014. This week, Sadie and Lacey talk about weather in Southern California and how their exercise routine can help their respective pains. Then they chat about how New York life must be and conclude as they examine, is it better to buy in bulk? All right, kids. Uh, go ahead and sit back and relax as Lacey Montoya, my my late wife, Zoe's mama. She's up in heaven. Yes, she is. Uh, and S. Sadie Burbank gets started in Don't Get It Started, number 21, Health and fitness. Hi, everybody. I am S. Sadie Burbank. And I am Lacey Montoya. Welcome to Don't, Don't Get Us Started. Started. 
And here we are, February, oh February, actually. This year's already going by quickly. Yeah, I know. It just gets worse. As the you older get older. You, yeah, the older you get, the I've faster it goes. I've noticed that. I, I don't know if it's dread or what, <laughs> you know, because after a while you start dreading holidays and stuff. Right. And, oh, God, I got to go buy something for somebody now. And right. So, I don't know why it is that time does. As a child, it seems forever oh, yeah. for the holidays. It, take, it takes forever for summer to come. It uh-huh. takes forever to some, for summer to go. Yes. I can remember uh, as a kid, I can remember or I can remember as a kid right, having right. Uh, the sensation of summer just lasting forever. forever. And then just as it would be getting close to September, cool. then things would start to rev up a little because right. my birthday is the first week of September and school would right. start. And pretty soon then there'd be the holidays uh-huh. to look forward to because they did all that stuff in school. You right. Know, they'd, they'd do the pumpkins on the walls and the turkeys the on the walls and, and things like that. And so then it would sort of speed. But then you'd have that slow-mo week or two before Christmas. And where, the night of Christmas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Seemed like a whole year for a yeah. kid. Plus, I lived in uh, a number of my growing up years, my formative years, as they <laughs> say. Uh, I grew up in uh, Washington State, various yes. parts of Washington State. Where, for the most part, there were four distinct seasons. See, um, I miss that. I mean, I like our weather here, but we do not have... We have four seasons, but they're all, all the same. same. <laughs> I mean, well, that's not true. We lose our leaves. Yeah. The trees that we are... We pretend those, to have seasons. Those trees that are deciduous, that is to say they drop their leaves annually, um, they do that. Okay, and uh, and then in the spring they bud out again and stuff like that, and that's one indicator we've got a change in season. Um, yeah, but you know what? My fruit tree in the backyard started blooming last I know, month. I know, mine did too. Now uh, my plum tree yeah. did, and I'm a little concerned because we still haven't had that cold day or two no. that we do get. So I'm I'm hoping if the stupid thing fruits and they it's set, not- I'm hoping. That we don't have a uh, shoe, a really really cold snap, and lose all our plums because they're real good plums. But, but we do have. Um, I'm looking forward to some. Figs. We do have distinct seasons. It's hotter than hell in the summer here. Yeah. As any of our listeners who've been with us from the beginning will remember, we bitch about the summer all summer long. Uh, it does get very cold in the winter time. We do have snow on Depends occasion. Depends on who you ask about very cold. Well, yeah, my cold difference from your cold. I know you. You. Have, I'm a hot mama. <laughs> you are. You are internally heated. I am yes. not, and uh, so I get even with good circulation, which has improved since we started going yes. to the gym. Uh, even with that, I do get cold. I am subject to the outside info. And it's weird. I've never understood. You know that there's a column in the paper, Ask Marilyn. I don't yeah. know if you've ever seen. And in magazines mm-hmm. and stuff. I think she's syndicated all over the world. Uh, and, and she's, uh, like. Just like the Ann Landers. No, she's, uh, she's a real smart lady. She's a savant. She's. Oh, okay, okay, like, okay. I don't know, 5,000 IQ or some shit. Anyhow, um, people send in questions to her and then she'll answer them, you know, and they're usually fairly complicated questions that when you read them, you go, Jesus, I never even thought to ask that. But, um, anyhow, um, somebody asked her the question one time, like in the summertime, 68 degrees 
is barely tolerable because it's so damn hot outside and you think uh you think oh i come inside and it's only 68 i'd really rather it was like 58 but in the winter time 68 degrees is cold right you know and i need it to be 72 what is that it's the same temperature and she said that it's because of the presence of humidity uh it's generally and I don't think she was taking desert life into consideration, which is what we put up with. But generally, it's more humid uh, in the wintertime. And the humidity, the presence of the humidity amplifies the temperature. So that 68 degrees in the in the wintertime feels colder than 68 degrees in the summertime when it's drier. That okay. was her. That was her answer to that question. Okay. I don't know as I buy into, again, because of desert life, you know. <laughs> Right. We, we so, so, we have, not only desert, but it's California desert. We don't, it never rains in California. Hello. No, but last summer we had a pretty humid summer. We had a very humid summer, actually, and it did rain then, mm-hmm. but uh, unfortunately it didn't stick around and do any good. Uh, we are in a water deficit situation in Southern California right now. They're talking drought. They're tra- yeah. talking conserving. They're talking shower with a friend. Um, <laughs> don't flush as often, which I find repulsive, but hey, um, they're talking about all sorts of ways to improve our I've read water somewhere, conditions like with here. the flushing of the toilet. If you put a brick in yeah. your toilet. Yeah. Well, we have water conserving toilets. Okay. We actually got them for free. Really? Yeah. Um, uh, my husband came across a thing. I can't remember now how, um, uh, I think you got a coupon or something from, oh, I know what it was. It was one of those home improvement fairs that they okay. have. And it, and it said, uh, that these, these are, they're underwritten, I think, by the government. And we went over to, uh, it was the True Value hardware store, which has since gone defunct, but it was there then. And you give them this coupon that you mm-hmm. actually, it, you got, we got emailed to us because you apply for it. And however many toilets you need, uh, you give them the coupon and they give you the toilet. Oh, okay. It was like free. And I'm like, um, that works for me. And it, it's a fast flusher, so to speak. It, it, and on top of that, and I, I, we go to Vegas a lot. You yes, go to yes. Vegas occasionally. You know, some of their toilets are kind of scary. Uh-huh. You know, there's like a teaspoon of water and it goes uh-huh. real fast and, you know, uh, but this one actually is, is quite adequate for our purposes. Um, and it, it's, really a cool toilet plus you can get them in different heights and sizes and whatnot right. you know and i need a higher one because right. i don't my bendy foldy parts don't don't bendy and, foldy so much no and so anyhow um we got these cool toilets that are water conservative and then we also got these little shower heads yeah, that well, are water conservative heads and mine too but I took them out. Well, you see, now I got used to it. It doesn't bother me not to have a flood when I'm showering. I I can handle it. I, you know, cause I, I'm 10 minutes in the shower. If, and that's on a hair wash day. If I'm not washing my hair, which I don't every day. My hair is um, so thick and it just seemed like I was taking yeah. forever to get the soap out of well, my you, hair. Well, you, you, you have a lot of hair too. I have a lot of hair too, but mine's short. Yours right. is long and was longer. Was. Um, so, for me, five minutes in the shower, I don't, I don't need 
you know. And I like those those big fancy shower heads, you know, that mm-hmm. that like they're ten inches across. Like the you rain. Know, yeah, that's very sexy and cute and everything. However, it uses a lot of water. Right. And not only do we have to worry about conserving water, but there's always the water bill. Yeah. You live in a town that has notorious water bills. Yes. And I, by notorious, I'm talking two and three times higher than any of the other towns in the vicinity, if not higher. Uh, and my water bill gets pretty high as it is. We had uh, a couple of leaks in the backyard because we have that drip system, right. you know, and we don't go out and check it every now and then right. in the summertime like we ought to. And we're not out there all that often. And... God, one one water bill came and it was like over a hundred bucks and I'm like, What the fuck? Uh-huh. And I called the lady and I said, What the fuck? And she said, You might have a leak. Right. So I went out and looked and sure enough there was little holes in the You're outside thing. in the yard more when you had your dog. Yeah. yeah, we were. And so uh Ernie fixed them all and then that was good. And then the kitchen sink was dripping and he fixed that right away because uh, you know, if no if for no other reason than the water bill you you want to conserve water right. when it's that expensive uh and and in your town it's really outrageous yes. outrageously expensive so that's why in a lot of desert communities you'll see not grass front yards lawns More and things of a like desert that desert landscape you see you see a lot of rocks and sand and uh, and and that one house uh, plants we passed and things going that are to in the gym. They did a beautiful job. Yeah, plants with their rocks, they did. Cape. Plants that are indigenous to the area. It's always wherever you live. That's always a good idea to to landscape with plants that naturally grow in your area yes. because they are used to the, the amount of water conditions they, that mm-hmm. are there. So you save water that way. Um, we don't have a lot of plants necessarily. Um, Unfortunately, someone in Southern California introduced uh, a certain kind of elm tree to the area, and everybody in Southern California has this elm tree, at least one of them in their yard. It's Is that what's everybody. in my backyard? Yeah, everybody okay. has one. And it's because they send out runners underground. Mm-hmm. I think there's like one mother elm somewhere, and, and everything else is offshoots from that. <laughs> you know, seriously, it's just a Yeah, how many? I have like four, five. <clears throat> if you would, if you'd go out and look in your yard you'd be surprised how many shoots there are uh-huh. just one little one little well we were just talking about that and it's part of an elm tree the elm tree in the front yard that's right. taken over my cactus yeah exactly uh and we've got one a couple of them that that send up shoots every now and then in our front yard mm-hmm. where i have a jasmine plant and i have a honeysuckle plant mm. and a, and a gardenia plant mm-hmm. oh gardenia oh and I love um, gardenia. Uh, what's that big, those big flowers like that? Oh gosh, I never I can. Hydrangea. Okay. I love hydrangeas. Um, as a kid, I was very fond of hydrangeas. It's an old fashioned, old fashioned flower, but I like them. Anyhow, uh, every once in a while I'll see this one little thing coming up and it's an elm tree trying yeah. to get a toehold and I just go and snip it and, because that's really all you can do. There's no digging it up because, no, because you dig it up and you're just dig a trench to here. To... Well, you're just digging forever. It's like digging to China. It's right. never going to happen. So yeah, my one elm tree sprouts in the next door neighbor's yeah. yard. Oh and yeah, they keep it under or control. vice versa. It's hard. It's like I said, somewhere there's a mother elm, you mm-hmm. know, and so these things are really pushy. And uh, there's another plant. Um, 
that I'm not going to be able to remember the name to right now, but uh, it it uh, grows abundantly wherever the water table is is higher up, uh-huh. and it just it it actually lower the water table. They Drink they so tap much. right into it, yeah. Um, and I can't remember the name of it right now, but anybody that lives well, just here like my house plant, my rubber tree. I asked you if you wanted to start at that, and you're like, uh-uh. No, I don't. So well, you took the my problem angel wings. with the rubber tree is is their invasive roots. Uh-huh. They will. Uh, we had one in um, uh, Carlsbad uh-huh. when my kids were babies, and somebody had planted it in the front yard. And I remember my my f- husband at the time was complaining about it. He said, this thing's going to be a real pain in the butt one day. And instead of taking it out then, he just left it alone. And before we actually moved from that house, it had sent out roots and was undermining the the concrete slab that the house was built uh, on. And they will do that. Uh, mine's in a pot. Because they're growing toward the water. Uh-huh. They're going toward the water lines. And it was right out in front of the house Right by the bathroom window. Okay. And that was the closest water area. So then it was going to suffocate your yeah. system. Uh, was going to try. Yeah. So a lot of time, well, we had that happen in our front yard too. We had, uh, we have a juniper mm-hmm. in our front yard and I'm pretty sure, although we have an elm in the front yard too, I don't know, uh, we don't know which tree did it, but one of the other has sent, uh, a reasonably large root system and has, Kind of like right in the middle of our garage door, uh-huh. the um, the driveway is now kind of Buckled. arched, and it's because for some reason it's instead of sending this route to one side or the other of the garage, it's right in the middle. Oh. And when we just got a new garage door built not too long ago, and the guy actually he actually tripped going in, and I said, "Yeah, you got to watch that." I said, "the the concrete's uneven there," and he says. Well, you know why? He says, look here. He says, it's the way it's done. He says, there's a root under there. And you can, you can actually, if you look at it, you can see. And then when the garage door closes, it meets in the middle, it meets the concrete just perfectly, nice uh-huh. and flush. Excuse me. But on either side, it's like a one or two inch space where the reason that it's flush in the middle is because so the only way the to get away from that up, pushed up. Is to tear up your driveway. Yeah, and tear out the root. Kill the root, and that's too much and, work. And we're talking about, no, it's not so much work as money. It would be a lot of money. Yeah. I'm not going to go there. But anyhow, uh, yeah, so plants are kind of invasive here. And like everybody else or everything else, they're, they're hunting the water. Yeah. And it's worse in the, in the dry years because mm-hmm. they'll, they'll go for water wherever it is. And right. if it's in your sewer system or your, your sump well, or whatever, like they're, they're going to go there. I live right behind a school, and our school has grass. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure my trees from my, my probably roots, probably pro- all the way to the school. Probably. I wouldn't be a bit surprised. Plus, you get the added uh, fun of more mosquitoes because mosquitoes yeah. like lawns because mm-hmm. water when they're when they're water i don't care what kind of watering system they use whether it's a drip system or a sprinkling system or whatever system the water actually will puddle oh, yes. in little places just enough uh-huh. for mosquito larvae to really catch hold and again in southern california we worry about mosquitoes because of uh the disease um that they carry. That they carry. What is it called it's, that they um, carry? I'm trying to H1N1? think. H1N1? No. No, that's that's a flu. That's flu. Um, 
Oh heck, what is the what is the? It's not lime. That's a that's a tick. That's a, yeah. Oh God bless it. Anyways, our viewers well, anyhow, are going. There's, it yeah. is. There's <laughs> Sorry, a, guys, we can't hear not, you. It's not malaria, but there is a there's a disease that uh, that they associate with the the presence of mosquitoes. And I can't for the life of me think of it right now either. But West Nile, that's yeah. it. West Nile. Okay. Um, and unfortunately, we do have fairly frequent occasions where people have gotten West Nile. Not a whole bunch up the mosquitoes. here. Not so much up here, hill. but down the hill where they have more lawns right. and more humidity, uh, more moisture. In the desert, usually we're not bothered with a lot of the insect-type pests that a lot of places are. But if you have a lawn or if you are near one, as you are with yes. the school, then you have more chances for mosquitoes. Now, the other day, in fact, the last... In the, in the last month, I have killed two mosquitoes outside our house, which so is I don't know, really because I have unusual. a swarm outside my door behind my porch. You have a what outside? A swarm. I don't know if they're gnats or if they're mosquitoes. I haven't got close enough to tell. But oh, they it's like probably... Yeah. They, no, it's know. gnats. It, uh, mosquitoes don't swarm like that. Okay. Then it's gnats. They just, they just come and be. And I killed Annoying. one. I killed one on my car, and I killed one near my front door mm -hmm. but the lady across the street has a lawn yeah and i'm pretty sure that's where they're coming from but i don't want to say for sure but anyhow uh so you know those are the seasonal pests that we have that's how we tell the seasons right if we've got bugs it's summer if we haven't got we i know i've seen a house bugs, a couple of flies a couple of days ago and oh it's yeah. like it's flies. starting to get warm for sure we have a lot of flies in the summertime where my but, mama lives where what my mama lives uh -huh. they have like hardly any flies huh that's interesting yeah. there are a lot of there's a lot of livestock up in that area too um where she lives, she lives like just on the barely outskirts of town, mm -hmm. and there's not livestock where she's at. No, I meant wild critters. Oh yes, yes, they have the wild lots, horses. They have the lots, elk. Yeah, lots of wild animals around. So you would think, but maybe not. Well, anyway, so yeah, we have we do have four seasons here, but they're not as prominent necessarily as pronounced. We do pronounced, get the yes. fall. We get we get uh, the leaves. Mm -hmm change colors in the fall it's not like new england but no, we get it a little gorgeous, bit but when we're going to the gym it's like oh look at the colors yeah and sometimes we, if we're lucky bed. we get some snow right now we'd no settle snow. for rain if we could just get some our rain. mountains usually have white caps yeah usually not but this not, year not so far so we're hoping for that but you know i was thinking about getting zoe another swimming pool this year but i think i'm going to go ahead and retract that idea just because we are in a drought mm. and summer well, is going to get worse. Well, and again, the mosquitoes get attracted to Well, I just give her just, just a baby pool, pools. just a little bit, and it gets dumped out. Every day? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, yeah, that would be, a, that would be a, a lab. That would be a total water issue. Yes, yeah. I have a lab, and everybody knows labs love water. Yes, they do. So. Well, yeah, you might want to rethink that one. So, well, there's, is there a public pool around? I won't go to a public pool. Oh, well, then I got bladder well, always infection. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Always a bathtub. Um, that would be, that would be just as much fun. She likes taking a bath anyway. She oh, was yes. just begging daddy the other day for a bath. That was so, she's so cute. So funny for a two year old to go, I want a bath. I bath daddy. Oh, okay. I bath daddy. 
so anyhow, yeah, right now we're in the middle of a non-winter. This has been a mild winter. It's, yeah, we've had some chilly nights. The last week has been a little bit more chilly because we've our, had a storm Our daytime highs have been in the high 50s, low 60s. Prior to that, we were in the 70s and 80s, yeah. pushing 80s. Yeah. And But at night, at home, at our house, mm-hmm. we're, I think, colder than you are here. Yeah. We get, uh, we've been down in 30s and 40s at night. Um, but, you know, again, it's no big deal. Isn't that weird? Because don't I sit higher than you? Or do you sit higher than I? Well, I don't know how high your, what your altitude is here. Where our altitude at home is like 33, 3400. I don't know. Coming into my town, you always have to drive up a hill. Well, <clears throat> I know that when we drive from Victorville to Hesperia mm-hmm. on Hesperia Road. Yes. Okay, which is going north to south. Uh, there's a point, you know where that new church is on Hesperia Road? I don't get no. out much. Well, that's true, you don't. Uh, well, anyhow. It's I can tell you whatever's about, on Apple Valley Road, because that's the road I go down. <laughs> it's about, um, a mile or less, just right around a mile to the hump over on, at Main Street Hump. Okay, okay. 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 So at just about that point in the summertime, I can feel a temperature change. Yes. When I'm driving that road. Yes. Okay. And that's where the altitude, that's where it starts going up in altitude mm-hmm. too. And the only reason I know that is because my Garmin shows altitude mm-hmm. and I've watched it and it's steadily climbs okay. at that point. Um, and well, one day you need to hook up your Garmin and see what my altitude yeah, is to yours. Yeah, I should yours. do that. I should do Just that. Just out of curiosity. But I, I don't know that, that it's a whole lot different. And we're we're not more northerly than you are. Right. I mean, shit, we're only, what, 10, minutes 10 miles away. apart, something like that. But whatever the case, it, it does seem to be colder in in the area we live. Right. Uh, again, when I, I compare it more to Victorville than... Uh, here because I know my experience from Victorville. Right. I'll be over there shopping or something and just dying with the heat in the summertime. And, and I come home well, and it's just like from here, cooler. From my home to Dave's work, David can say he can feel a temperature change. Oh, yeah. Change. Yeah, absolutely. Or the wind's blowing more here or it's blowing more right. at work. Right, or... right. That's crazy. So anyway, weather is very. I don't know why we're so concerned with the weather today, but we seem to be. Not that it's terribly interesting. Coming out of the gym and feeling that cold breeze, even you said, "Oh, that feels good." It did feel good for a minute, but then I, you'll notice, put my sweater on. Oh yes, because I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't know. Did we tell everybody that we're doing the treadmill now? Oh, I don't know if we did or not. Actually, I don't think we did. No, not that they probably care, but yeah, we are. We are who we are, and this is what we do. Uh, we went from the the whole body vibrations. We're still doing that, but we went to the other side now. We're members to the <laughs> of other the, of the gym, side of the means. gym. Yes. She means the other side of the gym. Yeah, so we've been the doing the treadmill. I think this is like our sixth or seventh time let's, working on the treadmill. Let's see. Yeah, it's about that. We, we started it a, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. 
We go three times a week. We started out, well, the first day we did 10 minutes, 10 but minutes. we, we are tougher than that. So yes. now we're up to 20 minutes. 20, 25. And yeah, you did 25 uh-huh. the other day. I didn't. I'm real good right now with 20. But uh, I want to do 25. I want to do five minutes. I'd like to get to 30. Them. I'd like mm-hmm. to guess to get to 30, but I'm, it's going to take me another couple of weeks before I feel that strong. Today but I only did 20 minutes because my ankle was you were, hurting. You for were whatever having reason. some pain. Yeah. And that's a good idea not to, not to push it. I was, uh, what was I today? I, I could have gone on. I think, oh, I know. It was because we didn't have the damn fan on. Oh, then we asked this it gentleman, so sir, hot. he got off the treadmill. It was so we're hot. like, sir, can you turn the fan? And he's like, oh, yes, ladies. And we're yeah. like, oh, thank you. And he turned the fan on. It was like, heaven. But we'd already been 10 minutes on the right. treadmill by then, and I'd already gotten too warm. Right. Uh, that is one thing I have to worry about. I don't. I don't exercise well. I don't, my body isn't used to exercise. Right. And, and it overheats very well, easily. Well, I call and check on you, like when we first started going. And it's not because of your age, and I'm not worried about that. I know that you have a lot of pain with well, your fibro. Yeah. And I, I just do. want to make sure that I do, but you're okay. And it's not actually my fibro, my fibro does a little bit better when I exercise more. It really okay. does because, um, uh, when, but I'm a mommy to one. I'm a mommy to all. And it doesn't right. matter how much older or younger than you are. That's just me. When I I'm, get up in the morning, uh, okay, first off, the only, the, the, the length of time that I sleep without moving, uh, is at most two to four hours. Mm-hmm. Four hours is the most I've ever gone in the last 10 years. Right. Without at least having to roll over. And, mm-hmm. I don't roll over all that well. Right. Me uh, neither. I actually have to sort of get up and change position and uh-huh. lay back down again. Uh, roll over hasn't been in my vocabulary for a long fucking no, time. No, mine is because of my back. Plus, I have to get up and go to the bathroom then. Because, oh, yes. I mean, you, let's face it, if you get up and sit up and roll over and all that you shit. You activate you, your bladder. you're like awake and it's like, oh, if I don't go now, I'm not going to go back to sleep because I'm going to be laying there thinking I need to get up and pee. Uh-huh. So I get up and go to the bathroom and come back to bed. So, in that two-hour time, my my body dies mm-hmm. a little, and <laughs> so when I get up, I'm all stiff, yeah, and everything, uh, and and the fibro is just really aggravated. At, at that time, it's just Flared screaming. Up, yeah. It's screaming. So. But as I move around and get going, take my shower, That's get what up, I told get dressed, and all that kind of stuff, then it subsides a little uh-huh. bit. And so that's why when I when we exercise on the treadmill or on the vibrating machine, uh-huh. it does help to relieve the fibro. Okay. It it's just I and I don't know why. Um, people with fibro and people who advise people with fibro will tell you the the more you move, the better. It a is. Body emotion stays in motion. Well, body, yeah, that's whatever, cute to say, that. but the fact is, if it, if it's, if it doesn't actually make it more comfortable to do it, people aren't going to do it. I don't care, right. you know, I don't care what kind of cute thing you say. Well, just you like have today about with it, my but... ankle, I wanted to go my 525, but I couldn't. I was going to push no. it with my ankle. Well, there's, there's, there's one thing of, it, it's one thing to say, well, exercise, mobility makes my fibro lessen it's another thing to say 
I have a pain in my leg that well, now that I'm exercising, I think I should go on. Those are two different kinds of things. Right. And, and I think you were right to stop because you were having, uh, an unusual pain mm-hmm. with, wanna... with fibro. I think it's kind of, um, uh, it's, I don't know whether your joints get lubricated or, That's what, I told or Dave what it my is. Back. There's something about the movement that helps to relieve the fibro and, I can lie in bed or I can sit in a chair or on the couch or whatever and, you know, pretty much be immobile. And I'm pretty much okay. I'm not in a lot of pain. But the minute I get up and try to move, I'm in a lot of pain. And it's because I have been immobile for... And all those nerve endings are saying, what the fuck are you doing to me? Yeah, I guess. So... So yeah, it's I'm kind the same of... way with my back. I have my back with my sciatica. And I can get out of bed and I can go to the bathroom, but as far as getting up and doing housework or whatever, I can't. I told David I have to get my my fluids in my back lubed up, you know, and warmed up like an old car before I can actually get up and start moving. Well, and it's funny when I went to the rheumatologist because i thought i thought for a while that i had um uh yeah i thought i did i had rheumatism hello rheumatologist rheumatism anyhow i thought i had rheumatism and he said arthritis yeah arthritis that's what i meant hello (laughs) i have bad brain anyway um what he said you know well tell me you know tell me about your symptoms tell me what hurts when how and like that so i told him i said you know i'm stiff as a board till i get up move around and then and he said in how much time and i said i don't know from the time it takes to go to the bathroom and come back Mm -hmm. sometimes he said that's not arthritis arthritis pain does not subside that readily when you have an onset of arthritis pain you're hours if not days away from relief Oh, yeah. And so that was one of the clues that he had for deciding that I had fibro. So, her fibromyalgia. So, it's, uh, it's, and, and just the name fibromyalgia means muscle pain. Right. You know, um, well, fiber is the word they use for muscle. That's why it means muscle pain. Anyhow, um, and it's not just one so, area, it's throughout your whole body. Yeah. So, so, the the moving um it's it is a condition of the condition that movement helps mm-hmm. it helps to relieve the stiffness i don't know it's like when your hands get stiff and you go like that you know and wiggle them and stuff uh-huh. and then they're better i like don't know when your why foot goes to sleep I'm you wake a, it up i'm not a freaking doctor i don't know why well, when your foot goes to sleep, that's a circulation issue. That's different. But when, when you have a stiffness in your hands, you'll massage them and you'll, you know, right. go like, you know, wiggle your fingers and stuff and then they get better. Uh, or it feels better, which is the same to me. Anyhow. It's like it gets them warmed up when they're cold. So the walking on the treadmill is helping me. Um, cause when I start out, I'm like, ah, do I want to be doing this? And I just think, oh, Work yeah, through the burn. why Work not? Through the burn. Why not? And no, it doesn't, it's not that it burns so much. It's that my calves burn. I just, I, mine don't. I don't have, I don't work that hard at it. I'm only going 2.2 miles an hour. Yeah. Um, 
And that's for me plenty. Right. Okay. Plus, I'm actually holding on to the machine. I do too, because I'm scared you know, of I'm going to eat it. <laughs> if, yeah, if the, if the machine jerks or something, then we're on the floor and that would be just so ugly. I don't even want to think about it. No. But walking along, okay, I used to walk at the mall. Yes. As I, as you know, I've told you this before. Um, a couple of years ago, and I don't know, I used to go like three times around the mall and I used walking sticks Mm -hmm. when I walked because my sense of balance was so poor and I, and I didn't want to use a cane to walk. Although some of the mall walkers do use a cane, that's fine. But I, you know, I didn't. I didn't want to Your do that. Your preference was the walking stick. Well, the the thing is with the cane, uh, using a cane tends to make me limp. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, and and I don't want to limp because when you walk and limp, you cause more problems. Don't use the same muscles on each side in the same way, and you, it's it's just been it, it complicates things. Mm-hmm. So it's best not to limp. And I only know that because I had to spend like three years limping in between knee replacements because I got my one knee replaced, and it was three years later that well, I got my second one. When we first started one. hanging out, I've known you for a while. We've talked on the phone here and there. But once we started to become friends and... Right. You used to keep your cane in the car just in case. I used to have, well, I still do, actually. My cane is in the car all the time. Uh, mainly out of habit. It's just there. Cause I have one in the, I have one in the bedroom, too. Uh, just because, mainly out and of I habit. Cause it's been there forever. The first time you met Zoe, I think you came in the house with your cane. No, I haven't been using a cane. I haven't used a cane in a long time. Haven't used my cane. I have not used my cane to walk since hmm, before I retired, I stopped. Well, no, let me think. Let me back up. After my second knee replacement, I had to use my cane for another two or three years after that. It's, yeah, about the time I retired. Okay, so, so that's been a long time. Yeah. I, for whatever so, reason, I picture you with the cane. No, I haven't used, no. I haven't had to use it for a long time. Well, anyway, uh, using a cane makes me limp. Yes. So anyhow, uh, the walking sticks, cause you use one in each hand and they're adjustable in height. Mm-hmm. You can adjust them to whatever works for you. And the, you have the added benefit of they work the upper body right. at the same time. Yeah. Cause you were talking about so, before the whole gym, we were talking about going to the college and walking on the right, track. Right. And I was talking about using the walking uh-huh. sticks then. So, but walking around the mall is actually harder work because the mall isn't flat for no, one thing. Inclines and hub some Plus, with a treadmill, you have the, uh, what do they call that? The belt. Belt, yeah. That moves and that actually helps to sort of propel you, even though mm-hmm. you're walking against the movement mm-hmm. of the belt. It's not like it's going in the same direction you right. are, but uh, it somehow it seems to help propel you. It seems to help you walk. Well, more you got one foot and it's easily. moving, and the next foot. And I smooth. guess I'm not sure, but it seems easier. Um, hey, honey. There, he's looking for that. He got my phone. Um. Anyhow, walking at the mall was harder work, just a lot harder work. Right. So walking on the and and it would take me three laps around the mall would take me right around an hour. Okay. 
it was you know a lot of work a lot of work i like walking the treadmill better because we only do the 20 25 minutes right. or whatever i get enough for now i get enough exercise that way and then we go to the vibrating machines uh -huh. and we stand on those for a few minutes and between the two we get a decent workout yes at least that's what we're telling ourselves and and it feels like it i'm doing more now than i was um, I'm feeling so, better. And you're doing more than you were, for sure. Oh, yeah. I was a homebody. So, I didn't leave the house. But now you do. We go every day, three, well, not every day, three, three days, days a, week, a week. And that's that's a cool thing. Plus, we get to go out and we get to visit and giggle and uh -huh. whatnot. And sometimes stop at Starbucks and sometimes not. And, uh, you know. Num nums. Yeah. I shouldn't have said Starbucks. Now we want, I know. <laughs> now we want one. But we Starbucks. can't. We're not there. So I wonder, do they deliver? No. No. Not here. <laughs> no, I'm afraid If not. you were in New York. No, I don't think they even do in New York. Have you ever watched that? Speaking of New York, have you ever watched that um, TV show uh, where they have the quiz show in a cab? Cash yes, Cab. Cash Cab. Cash Cab. I love that show. That's so much fun. <clears throat> Ernie and I used to watch it mm -hmm. a lot more than now. You know, we sort of do that with shows. They, we watch them for Go a while and then we kind of get tired of yeah. them. But, uh, and it's not that I'm tired of it. It's just that it's harder to find now. It's not as yeah. readily, uh, available. I just think the reruns, I don't think it's, probably, I don't think they don't record new probably. shows. And anymore. I like the guy. He's, I think he's kind of a cute guy. Uh huh. Uh, anyhow, um, it always amazed us. These people would get in a cab and they'd go, and he'd go, where do you want to go? And they'd go, well, we want to go to 8th and 42nd or something, you know, and, and he'd go, okay, well, that's, that's a 57 block drive. Uh -huh. And they'd go, okay. And he'd go, well, what you going to do down there? Oh, we're going to get cupcakes. And I'd be, what? Uh huh. <laughs> You're going to get in a fucking cab and drive 57 blocks to get cupcakes? Uh, there must I be mean, mighty good cupcakes, honey. In the first place, the way I picture New York is like anywhere you can walk out of your house, there's a, there's bound to be a cupcake store nearby. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's like little village markets and uh -huh. stores and restaurants and everywhere. things everywhere. And that's probably an exaggeration because it's not really the case. But it's, you know, all, it seems like to me that's the way it looks in the movies anyhow, yeah. you know. And then to have people say, you know, yeah, I'm going to, you know, and, and you know they're spending, what, 20, 30 bucks anyhow. You know, to, right. to take their little, and that's and, one way. And to stand outside in the cold to hail a cab. Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> but then, you know, and then they get there and then they have their cupcakes and then they got to take a cab back. Uh huh. I would never go anywhere mm -mm. if that was the case. I mean, it, it's different. Life in California is different. We get in a car and we drive wherever the hell we want to go. Right. Uh, sadly, we drive, you know, I drive down the cor to the corner. To the drugstore or to the grocery store. Right. And it's a fly, five block walk. Right. Now, think about it for a minute. It, carrying bags back aside. Right. Okay. Let's say that I want to go down and get an ice cream cone. Mm -hmm. Okay. At the corner. I would get in my car and drive there. Uh -huh. I don't walk there. No. Which is just obscene in my mind. I, that's the way it is. And then I can, I can justify it with lots of things. Like there's, there's uh, stray dogs in the neighborhood. Uh, I don't want to. Scary wanna, people wandering around. Scary people that are killing people on the, on the road all the time. We've had an awful lot of, uh, bike riders. Um, what are you showing me? 
Nothing. Oh, I thought you were just moving my I hand. I you were showing me something. <laughs> no, 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 no. We've had a lot of, uh, unfortunately, a lot of bike riders that have uh, gotten killed recently uh, by motorists, and especially hit and runs. Well, the um, one main street like that. you live on is so a little bit of a... The street that I do live on doesn't have sidewalks, and the street, the big street, right. as we call it, the big street down right. at the end of my street doesn't have sidewalks either. Right. Um, so I don't there think is our that community, part. we don't have too many places with sidewalks. Yeah, that's there is that part of the problem. If I had sidewalks, I might be a little more inclined right. to actually go and walk somewhere but probably not and it's it's just a a a way that that we are here in southern california well in northern california too for that matter we just hop in the car and go everywhere so for me to live in like new york where first of all you don't even own a car right because or if you do own a car it's 20 miles that way in a parking garage because which you pay pay as much rent for as you do a house or an Uh apartment yeah uh but even that aside let's say that you could park it out in front people don't i mean they did for the most part yes there's a few people own cars there gotta be i could not drive anyways if i had a car and lived in new york uh uh-uh well you do road rage Oh. You do see a lot of, uh, again, I have to rely on movies for a lot of my impressions of, uh, yeah, I've never a city been. like New York. I do want to go visit but, though. Well, I have been there. Have you? Uh, very briefly, uh, when, when I was on my way to Liberia. Oh, yes, yes, um, yes, yes. And, uh, we had, I had a layover at, uh, JFK airport and, um, I actually went to visit my kids who were visiting their uh, uncle and aunt in Connecticut. And okay. so I took a cab from JFK to Grand Central and from there took the train up to Connecticut and then back and back and back. So that much time. And we drove through Queens, in- oh. interestingly enough. Isn't Queens like the scary, like... Oh, you know what I remember about Queens is a lot of brick buildings. Yeah. Lots and lots of brick buildings. Um, it seemed like that's... Uh, all I can remember about Queens that and the when fact I think that, of Queens I think of Compton LA oh no I don't I don't I don't know that about it at all um and then on um uh what we think mm-hmm. on that program uh we have a listener who's from Queens okay and so that much I know about Queens but anyhow uh I went we I went through uh, that much of New York from JFK to Grand Central and back. Okay. Uh, and most of the cars I saw, it seemed, were taxis. Right. Yeah, it's just the way it was. Um, there are other cars that people do own cars right. and they do drive there, but, uh, it's not like here. It's a different culture. Uh, we're a car culture here, right. especially in California, especially Southern California. Right. We're a total car culture. Um, we have, um, there are people who, you know, get together every Wednesday at the drive-in and they mm-hmm. have their little car shows and uh-huh. things like that. And, uh, and, and everywhere you go here, you, you either drive your own car or you're carpooling uh-huh. with someone, the carpool to work. If, if, if you have to work an excessive distance, right. um, uh, there are actual, uh, parking lots for a car. Pool. Well, they, yeah, we have parking lots uh, near the freeways that are 
fenced off and designated as carpool parking lots mm-hmm. and you go in and they're free, but you go in and you park there. Uh-huh. And then the guy you're driving with, he comes, picks you up and you go off. Right. Uh, and they have a lot of companies, um, have their own company vans. Yes. For that purpose, for carpooling. And, you know, they do that. So we're, we're totally a car culture in this. From where the, the I country. live into town, I couldn't walk and go get groceries. No, you couldn't because it's a long distance. Yes. And, and, and I mean, it really is. You're talking about five miles down to, uh, Bear Valley from here. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a, that's a hell of if a distance. Not more. I don't think it's more than that, but it's that much anyhow. Um, I mean, it's actually five and a half miles from my house to Interstate 15. Okay. So that's, I'm sort of judging it in that terms of distance and then going to the store walking to the store is one thing but then you got to carry everything home hello (laughs) and 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 that's another thing in the stores in new york Mm -hmm. they don't i don't think they if they have a costco they sure don't have one in downtown new york right you know and so to go to the store you again you're in the cab and then you know, I keep thinking of this at, at times, like when we do go to Costco or go to the grocery store, right. you know, and I'll have fifty bags of this and that. Right. I can just see me in a taxi cab, you know, right. schlepping my stuff upstairs in the in oh. a in an apart to an apartment, while the taxi thing is ticking away, you know, right. fifty cents, dollar, twenty dollars, thirty dollars, however, your sixty floors. Yeah, up. <laughs> right. And I'm running back because it takes me. Sometimes it takes me a good 10 minutes to unload my car because I carry, you know, just a little bit at a right. time. And, you know, it's just insane. Insane. I don't know. Uh, it's like if we could call ourselves a car culture, I think they would call themselves a taxi culture. Right. You know, because right. it's just, and there are buses, yes. And but the subways, the subway system. There is definitely the subway system there. And there are probably a lot of people who use that as well. Uh-huh. But again, you're faced with the same problem right. of toting things. But here, it's not like uh, going to Costco and buying a brand new 60 inch TV. How in the fuck are you right. going to get that home? Well, and where are you going to put it when you get home? Because right, right. little flats and whatnot. But the thing is, I, when I go grocery shopping, I don't buy enough for just today and tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I have two refrigerators. Both of them have re- uh, freezers. Right. I have two freezers on top right. of that. And they're and all full. And it's just full. the two of you. And there's only two of us. And they're all full. I, I have right now in my house enough food for the two of us to live for a good six months without uh-huh. starving to death. I mean, that's a fact. Truly. And we wouldn't have uh, we wouldn't have everything we always want every day. We right. wouldn't have fresh eggs. We wouldn't have fresh salad. We wouldn't have fresh anything. But, but you have we would eat. I have too. my pantries p- packed. My freezers and refrigerators are packed. And it's because when I go to the grocery store, I buy enough shit to feed an army for a week. Right. I just do. It's a habit I got into. I don't know when or why, but I'm in that habit. And, you know, you see stuff on sale and you go, oh, I need three cans of that instead of just one uh-huh. because it's marked down 20 cents what the hell kind of thinking is that but i do it right yeah spam's marked down this week i'm gonna be buying a couple of cans i can tell you now <laughs> yeah. well and i just opened my last can of spam yeah see so now i really need it. i don't have any backup and right. i'm a big backup fan which is why we go to costco a lot right. we have enough toilet paper kleenex paper towels paper napkins and paper plates in our garage 
to stock ourselves silly for the next easily two months. That's funny. Well, yeah, the, when I get my taxes, I want to go to Costco. The, the, the Kleenex thing happened accidentally. The last time we bought Kleenex, I thought we didn't need it, but Ernie thought we did. Right. Then the time before that, the same thing happened. But we see, because we buy two different sizes and two different kinds of clean. We have the little cubie boxes that we buy for the bedroom. Mm -hmm. And then we have the bigger boxes that we, that we have in the kitchen and in the living room. Uh And then he also gets these little teeny weeny ones that we get at the dollar store Mm -hmm. that he takes to work. No, he takes to work. No, not those teeny weeny ones. We do buy those too, the little, Purse size ones. Yeah, I bought those yeah. at the ninety nine cents store. But then there's, there's Mickey Mouse on them. Smaller boxes. That I'm. I'm. It, it's the same size as a Kleenex box, right. only not as tall. It's like half. So as like tall. the school district uses. Yeah, just right. Little. Right, and and the hospitals. Right, and and so except they're nice, you can use them on your nose and not take the skin off. Right. Uh, but anyhow, Ernie takes those to work because the ones at work take your nose, right. the skin off your nose. So we actually buy uh, one, two, three, four kinds of Kleenex, or and I'm using the word Kleenex generically. Speaking. Right. It's not necessarily, although one of them is actually Kleenex right. brand, uh, but the others are the Costco brand, Kirkland. Right. So uh, actually two of them are Kleenex brand. The little Percy ones uh-huh. are sometimes Kleenex brand. Sometimes I buy them at the dollar store and they're not. Right. And never know. The ones I bought at the dollar store, I only <laughs> bought them because Mickey Mouse was on the package. There you go. I'm a Mickey so, Mouse and fanatic. Paper napkins, they come four packages to a package at mm-hmm. Costco. And I never have to worry about running out of paper napkins. Right. When I get down to one left, I go buy another big pack and right. I'm all set. And I have this, I have this thing and I think I got it from mother about not wanting to run out because then I have to go to the store, which is, oh gee, such a chore. I have to get in my car and drive to the store. What is that about? <laughs> it's sick. I'm mentally ill. I'm sure I am mentally ill when it comes to this issue. Okay. You, it's just you. Do you, in your extra bathroom, do you have paper towels and toilet paper stacked up in the shower? No, 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 Then you're fine. Then you're not mentally ill. No, 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 But we have them stacked up on the shelves in the garage. You watching the different hoarding shows where they use the the bathroom that doesn't work? Yeah, no, no. We don't have that going on yet. No. But we we do take, like, the toilet paper thing that you get from Costco comes Mm with, I don't know how many packages or rolls, probably 40 anyhow rolls of toilet tissue are in the big pack that you mm-hmm. that you bring that you can bring home and so we pack we have cupboards in the bathrooms mm-hmm. and so ernie will pack those full you know of tissue right. and then uh usually that pretty well takes it unless when we bought it we weren't completely out Right. In which case, then he takes the rest of it back in the package, mm-hmm. back to the garage, and sticks it on the shelf until we run low. So and then, but he and I are both that way. It's really kind of funny because he's the same way I am about not wanting to run out of stuff. Right. And like I said, it doesn't make any sense because we're five minutes from any store. Right. We're 15 or 20 My minutes from Costco. My problem with running out of stuff is it's just that... Money green dollar. Well, that's, there is that too. And I, but, and, and in some respects, I can say that this is actually money saving. Right. Because we go to the store less often. Because when I go to the store, I spend, I buy everything. Not only do I buy a shitload of stuff, mm-hmm. but he and I are both easily tempted by 
walking down the aisle and saying, oh, look right. at that. That's new or different. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, I didn't have that on my list. We need yeah, that. I want to go know, to Costco bing, because the ca- the not just the stock up items. They have good deals on um, Carter's pajamas for Zoe. Ah, there you go. Yes. Where? Costco. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know who else does is Kohl's. Kohl's has the best baby clothes prices. If you hit them right, mm-hmm. okay, it's like I have a Kohl's card. Right. Okay. We've went through that. Right. Before. If you hit it right, they when they put stuff on sale and you have your little discount, they send you things in the mail when uh-huh. you have a Kohl's shopping card right uh they send you discount additional discount things in the mail and then if you spend and so much then you get cold bucks right so i can get like 30 percent off of an already marked down item if the timing is right mm-hmm. they'll mark it down 50 60 70 percent sometimes on top of that i get a 30 percent discount and they give me ten dollars for buying it mm-hmm. I, it's almost like paying me to take home right. stuff Plus, it's all good stuff. It's yes. it's it's totally good brand stuff and everything. Right. It's just like either out of season or uh-huh. they're running out or whatever. That's usually what they mark down for. Well, with infant clothes, who gives a shit? You know, right. as long as they're not shredding. But she's growing whatnot. like a weed, and it seems like I just yeah. Well, we went to Kohl's. I bought her all those clothes, and yeah. she's like, doesn't fit in. Well, her that was for her anymore. birthday, and that was back in November uh-huh. and September. September. I'm sorry. Your birthday was November. And, Jay's birthday and November. so it's been, what, four, four months, four and a half months at two, at two years of age, they grow fast. Yes. So yeah, it's time to buy more stuff, but they do have, you watch their ads, you'll see great prices mm-hmm. on things, but we're, Ernie and I are both big stocker uppers uh-huh. and by stocking up, we go less often to the grocery store, right. to Costco, to wherever. And we save money that way because we don't buy all the extra stuff that wasn't even on the list right. that we would have bought. Oh, look at that. Right. Oh, look. Oh, we need that. So it's economical. Right. It's economical. My kids give me a hard time. My youngest one especially. Have you got enough paper products, mom? You know, because he goes no. in the garage and he sees all that shit. <laughs> have you got enough paper products in here? And I just tell him, listen, that's very economical. Not only do I get a good price because I'm buying in volume. And they're there when you need them. And they're there when I need them, which is very important to old people. We like to have stuff there when we need it. Mm-hmm. And I don't go to the grocery store as often. So I'm saving money that way, too. Right. So there. And besides that, it's my only thrill in life. We don't we don't go out much. We rare, Well, rarely. We go out to eat very seldom. Mm-hmm. We go out to the movies even less often. Right. We never go to clubs and things like oh, no, that. No, that's not. Uh, and, you know, so pretty much that's it. Besides going to Vegas, that's yeah. pretty much it for us. So I hate to say it. My social life takes place at Stater Brothers <laughs> grocery store or Costco. Then there you go. That's the way it is. Over yeah, here. we're going to have to make a shopping trip to Costco when I get my taxes back. Yeah. Have you got a membership? No. I was going to fly on yours. (laughs) Well, yeah, you can do that. Or you guys can get a membership because he's employed at the hospital. Right. And, you know, it's not that expensive. It's like 30-something bucks a year. Right. My thing is is not always having the money. money. Save a lot of money. But not always having the money to go. You don't have to go. If you went one time in a year, they don't care. Right. They got your membership dollars. Right. That's what I'm talking about. They don't care how often you go. It's... 
how often I would go to weighing out to buying a membership because you have one. My mother-in-law well, if you're has only gonna, one. Well, if you're only going to go for one thing, mm-hmm. then it's actually not worth it. You could go to, the, like I said, Kohl's or someplace right. and get something at a better price. Right. So it's not necessarily a good deal. If you're going to go fairly often... You know, and you got to have somewhere to store things. You don't right. have a lot of room in this house right. to store things. You've got a, a three-bedroom house with a very small one-car garage, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where I have... But a, I was thinking my pantry cupboard in the kitchen. Yeah. I was thinking about getting some L-hooks and some boards and making it shelves instead of an open cupboard. Oh, totally. Yeah, Ernie did that for me. We have a... When you go in the front door, there's a closet. I think they intended it to be a coat closet uh-huh. or something at some at one time or other. And one of the first things we did when we moved in there, now this house was my mom and dad's yes. house to start with. Uh, but one of the first things we did when we moved in there is I had him build shelves in right. there. Because, uh, well, we have a coat closet, mm-hmm. but it, we there isn't a coat closet big enough to hold our coats. We're, <laughs> we're, we're coat poor in our home. Uh between us, we probably have at any given time, even after donations to uh, the thrift store, we probably have a good 20 or 30 coats yeah. of different types, whether it's heavy sweaters or uh, hoodies jacket. hoodies or jackets or, or downright cold snow weather or whatever. We've right. got tons and tons. And that's probably an underestimate of how many <laughs> coats we have. But they're fashionably correct. You know, I have some of them are, you know, where... For color purposes, or for the length, or for the sleeves, or, you know, whatever the hell. Anyhow, like I said, we don't have, there's, we don't do much. We don't spend money on activities right. for ourselves. So we buy some stuff for ourselves now and then. We're happy with it. It works for us. Yes. Are we running out of time soon? We're at 56, 57 seconds, 57 minutes, rather. Okay, so we're pretty much done, yes. and I hear the baby starting to get oh, fussy. Yeah, I and her so, getting upset. And our listeners, bless them, are probably going, what the fuck are they talking about, man? So anyway, um, and I've kind of run out of steam on the, the grocery shopping thing. Anyhow. She done so, burnt out and didn't even go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I sort of had this on my mind because we have to go shopping tomorrow. Uh, Ernie, yeah, because he has to work he's, this weekend. Yeah, he's, so he's off tomorrow. And I said, do you want me to go to the store, the one store, and get mm-hmm. some stuff we need? And then we can just go to one store. He said, I want to go there, no, too. No, he loves to shop. He does. He loves to shop. He's a shopping fool. So that's what we'll be doing tomorrow. And he loves to shop for the kids, which is so sweet. Yeah, he does. He likes to buy baby clothes. He thinks that's so much fun. So anyway, uh, before we go, I want to ask everybody to... Uh, email us if you would like. If you can think of anything you'd like to hear us talk about, or if you don't even want to listen to us talk, then turn off your radio. But if you do like to listen to us and you can think of anything you want to hear us talk about, let us know. If you have any opinions about our show, good, bad, or indifferent, let us know. Go to jazelmon.com, click on, um, don't get us started, click on the comment button, and it'll take you right to the email where you can email us your comments, which we will read on air unless you ask us not to. We need to record that, and David can just plug it. I know. Um, and then there are other ways you can email us, but that's the simplest one, so do that. Um, anyhow, that's pretty much all we've got to say for today. So I am S. City Burbank. And I am Lacey Montoya. Thank you for listening to Don't, Don't Get Us Started. All right. Uh, we are back. Um, you know, it's funny because 
dad has been going to the gym for a long time, and I had a, a problem with my heart, which they say it's all good now, right? And now I'm back into <laughs> my glasses. She thinks it's funny. <laughs> well, you were talking and just like, <laughs> that was funny. That was funny. Um, anyway, what I was saying was that I'm back in the gym and I'm being healthy and with my fitness. I like the gym that daddy goes to because it has a swimming pool and a play area. But the times I kept going there, it was closed. What was closed? The player, you remember? Oh, that's right. Yes, I do remember. <laughs> All right, let's see. Um, my other daughter is here as She's well. In the background. Yes. So you might hear her intermittently. Um, okay, let's go ahead and do an, one of Daddy's favorite podcasts. <laughs> All right, let's do one of Daddy's favorite podcasts um, with one of my dear friends who's also passed on. Uh, Terry D. Shear and I, we did one called Sheer Darkness. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he actually, he talked like that. He had this deep voice. He didn't sound like the voice of the mongers. <laughs> okay, let's see what it says. It says, Sheer Darkness number 40. <laughs> it keeps tripping down. Herotica in the whale. <laughs> Originally released November 8th, 2013. <laughs> You're talking like a cowboy or something. <laughs> This week, Terry and Dave revisit an old online magazine they used to run called Erotica and peek into the past articles of Barbara Bullock's rancid recipes. This is really killing my voice. <laughs> Afterwards, uh, they talk about the amazing life <laughs> of James Well. <laughs> you're, liking, you're acting like a monster. Is that I, thing? I'm just being silly because it's sheer darkness. All right, let me read it for you for real so you can understand what I just said. Okay. It says, Sheer Darkness number 40, Herotica in the Well, originally released uh, or, excuse me, November 8, 2013. It says, This week, Terry and Dave revisit an old online magazine that they used to run called Herotica and peek into the past articles from Barbara Bullock's Rancid Recipes. Afterwards, they talk about the amazing life of James Well. All right, kids, go ahead, sit back, put your feet up, get a cold beer or a cold soda. Yeah, or uh, apple juice. Or a cold apple juice <laughs> if you're if you're Zoe or Lily. <laughs> and enjoy Sheer Darkness number 40. Herotica 
and the whale. Greetings, everyone. I am Terry D. Shearer. And I am David K. Montoya. And I bid you welcome to another episode of Sheer Darkness. In fact, this is our 40th episode of Sheer Darkness. That's incredible. I honestly, I wasn't sure when you first started if you were going to like doing podcasting. I, I, I wasn't sure either. I wasn't sure either. I, I thought, seriously, I thought podcasting was, was a silly idea, but, uh, I've discovered it's, you know, a lot of fun most of the time and, uh, people seem to like it. So, yay. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, so right in. So, <laughs> go ahead. What? No, I was going to say, if you take this plus the news, views, and reviews, you've done a total of 80 podcasts. Right. And that's quite a bit. That's actually about a year's worth already. Well, no. It's well, more, than, more than a year's worth. Yeah. If you count them 40 at a time or 80 at a time. But it doesn't matter. <clears throat> yeah, I do. I, I do. For those who aren't aware, I do two podcasts a week. The Sheer Darkness, and I also do uh, news, views, and reviews with Reaper Rick. So yeah, you you can listen to me twice a week if you are really into uh, masochism. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> yeah, we do that just for fun. Dave does what four a week or something? Um, let's see, one, two. I'm down to three now. Oh, three weeks. Just because I haven't done Who's the Boss in quite some time. Ah, right, right. But I am planning on coming back with that. Just okay. I'm building material. Ah. You can't you can't just jump in without material. Oh, that's true. Especially with if you do it solo. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know that because I do solo on Reaper Rick, usually. Speaking of material, what do we got for this week? Um. Actually, as I as I said, I was I was wanting to do. I'm going to uh, go back uh, into Herotica, the magazine, and pull up some stuff that was uh, published, you know, uh, several years ago. Actually, okay, that'll be fun. And uh, for those of you who are not familiar with uh, Herotica magazine, that was a magazine that I edited. And we put out for several years. Yes. Uh, 2000, was it 2007? I think we purchased it. So it went through 2010, 11? uh, I think December, if memory serves me correctly, it was December 2012 was the last. Okay. Well, at any rate, there are, uh, the magazines are archived. And if you're interested in uh, erotic horror stories, uh, plus very unusual uh, artwork and interesting and provocative articles, you can go back to erotica.com and check out the uh, stuff. Some of the stories were just really amazing, very good, especially the last year or so, because I started accepting stories that were just really, really out there. So, if that's the kind of stuff that interests you, please check it out. 
also, if I can jump in sure. and say, if if you are a fan of erotic horror, we actually have an anthology. Oh, true enough, true enough. Uh, the Herotica Anthology. Some of the best stories, yeah, we pulled out and uh, put it into a book, which is available. Uh, you can go to Myth Mart, and that's uh, Myth MythWorks M Y T H W U R K S dot com slash MythMart. Or if you feel more comfortable going to a more broader known store, you can actually go to Amazon.com and purchase it from Amazon. Oh, all right, Amazon. There you go. And that is the Herotica Anthology? It's called the Herotica Magazine Anthology. Oh, the Herotica Magazine Anthology. That's right. Okay. Anyway, excellent. Some excellent, weird, far-out, freaky, sexy stories in that. And some so, good artwork, too. And, oh, that's true. That's true. See, I just... My my mind is gone. Uh, yeah, we did... Uh, Dave Lipscomb did a lot of the cover art and interior artwork for the magazine, and we have a number of his works in the book, and he also did the cover for us. So, yeah, it's a great book. And that was actually your final book editing. Yeah, yes, yes, indeed. I... I did that also that was that came out in for Halloween yes in, uh, 2012 we really we were really grinding the gears to have it out on Halloween day and then we actually accomplished that we got it out on Halloween day right that was fun so yeah nice book a lot of really good authors in there check it out so for tonight we're going to go back and one of the uh, one of the articles that uh, one of the sections in the magazine that appeared every month was uh, Barbara Bucolic's rancid recipes, and uh, she did. Eh, well, it was just a variety of stuff. A lot of a lot of it was uh, seasonal. Uh, she actually did have some uh, recipes in there periodically. Uh-huh. The very first issue, she did a uh, uh, recipe on how to shrink heads, shrunken heads. That I remember was, that. That was a good one, yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, this issue, we're pulling up some stuff on uh, sex <laughs> or shock, yeah. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> I'm just going to be, actually read some of this because it it, it, it came out well. Yes, and he actually she, busted out his own laptop this time. Yeah, well, yeah. But uh, the Rancid Recipes was in every issue, I believe. So yes. you can also go back in there and check on that, too. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so what does sex have to do with the kitchen? Well, aside from doing it in the kitchen, which some people do... Uh, food and the eating of food has always been an erotic event, or it certainly can be if you work it <laughs> if you work it right. And uh, that's, after all, what aphrodisiacs are for, and they are named after the Greek goddess Aphrodite, who is the goddess of sexual love and of beauty. Now, ancient people believed in the so-called law of similarity, which means that an object which resembles genitalia may possess sexual powers. Really? Uh, Well, 
In this case, we're talking about food. Right, right. Right, right. Okay. So, it, ginseng. Ginseng. Um, most people probably don't see the ginseng root all that much. They usually just get the bottles of it right. or something. But if you go to uh, a lot of you know, whole food stores or whatever, they have the actual root as it comes out of the ground. And ginseng means man root because it, its appearance resembles the human body. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, mandrake. Ooh. Mandrake root is another one that uh, resembles the human body. And this doesn't have, well, it does sort of have something to do with sex, but mandrake root was supposedly usually found beneath gallows or hanging trees. Uh Uh-huh. Because when uh, men were hanged, they would sometimes ejaculate. And the legend is that where their sperm fell and hit the ground, the mandrake root would grow. I've never heard that before. Uh, well, you don't get around much. <laughs> but, but, yeah, they, uh, the mandrake was supposed to be in the shape of a man as well. In fact, they even used that in one of the Harry Potter movies. Ah, see, and I'm probably going to surprise you, but I've I've yet to see a any. A Harry Potter yes. movie? No kidding. Them and uh, Pirates of the Caribbean I haven't seen. Jeez, <laughs> man. Uh, you just don't get out at all. <laughs> at any rate, uh, ginseng, getting back to ginseng, um, has been used as an aphrodisiac in Asia for centuries. Um, it's not, especially. But uh, rhino horn... We're talking actual rhino horn. Yeah, the horn that grows on the nose of a rhinoceros. Okay. Okay. Uh, many people, including okay. myself, thought that rhino horn was also used as an aphrodisiac by Asian men. That's apparently not entirely true. Um, and this this really irritates the hell out of me because poachers, I mean, it's illegal to shoot rhinos anymore because they're almost extinct. Right. But poachers will still go out and they'll kill the rhino just to cut off its horn because they can sell it. And the horn is ground up and used as a medicinal... Uh, purpose. purpose. Well, for medicinal purposes. And it's supposed to do everything from cure fevers to uh, cure diarrhea, cure vomiting, cure headache, cure gout. You know, I mean, all all kinds of other ridiculous things. And it does none of those things. But the rhino is uh, slaughtered just so the horn can be uh, cut off. That's nice. The horn itself is made of keratin. It's not bone. It's hair. Huh? It's hair. Well, you know, it's actually not hair either. I thought it was hair too. (laughs) But it's... The keratin is the stuff that makes hair. Right. That that, that is in hair. But it's also the stuff that is in fingernails and hooves and things like that. So, surprisingly... um, 
Uh, rhino horn is actually high in calcium and phosphorus. And uh, this addition of minerals in a deficient diet, especially a diet that was mostly like rice or something, mm-hmm. could actually um, improve a man's general vigor and uh, possibly lead to an increased libido. But you can get the same thing in a pill. Right. So uh, there's there's no real reason to um, kill the kill. rhino just, right. just for that. Um, Aphrodite, getting back to your aphrodisiacs, Aphrodite was born from the sea, and many types of seafood have long been considered to be aphrodisiacs. I've heard that. Yeah. Oysters are perhaps the best known of these and can contain a high level of zinc. And, uh, again, men require zinc. Uh, and the mineral could improve the overall health in men whose diets are low in zinc and perhaps lead to an increased sex drive. But by themselves, they're not really an aphrodisiac. Um, a lot of people have heard of Spanish fly. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, when I was a kid, you, you know, you heard about going down to Mexico to get Spanish fly or something, which is supposed to just, not even an aphrodisiac, but it's just supposed to instantly turn girls into nymphos or something. But for one thing, the, the concoction is not even made of a fly at all. It comes from a beetle. Uh, powder of the crushed wings of a green beetle found in southern Europe, mainly Spain, are infused into a potion which is called Spanish fly. Spain from Spain. From right, right. From Spain. And since it's the wings, I guess it's that's where the fly came from. <laughs> oh, makes sense. But uh, I don't know. I always thought you were supposed to drink it. But apparently you... Uh, used it on your genitals, I guess, because it says the powder actually irritates the genitals, and a moderate dose, it would be if you drank it, of a real Spanish fly can kill a person, Um, while smaller doses can cause fever, painful urination, extreme irritation of the genitals, and a bloody discharge from the urethra. Oh, that's nice. So that's pretty all sexy, isn't it? Yeah. All that good shit going on. That'll make you want to have sex. <laughs> but, on the other hand, uh, a wood called mu... Yeah, anyway. It's called potency <clears throat> wood. comes from the Brazilian rainforest where the bark and roots have been used as an aphrodisiac for hundreds of years. Natives use the stems and roots to treat neuromuscular problems, and the plant is prized as a, as a sexual stimulant. The bark is boiled for 20 minutes in alcohol, then cooled and drunk, drank, swallowed. Consumed. <laughs> I don't know. If you boil it in alcohol and then drink the alcohol, I, I'm not sure whether the wood has any potency value or not, but... And what is that called? Sorry? What is that called? Well, I can't pronounce the real name. It's called Potency Wood from Brazil. Okay. 
you know, so the next time you're in Brazil, I guess you can check that out. Uh, but believe it or not, the easiest aphrodisiac to obtain, and the cheapest as well, is still one of women's favorites, and that is dark chocolate. Um, yeah, I had a brain fart, but yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, not only is it good, it's good for you. Chocolate <clears throat> is made from coca, which is rich in anti antioxidant flavonoids called flavonols. Studies have shown that people who have high blood levels of flavonols have a lower risk for heart disease, um, lower risk for several kinds of cancers, lower risk of asthma, type 2 diabetes, plus lower oxidation levels of bad LDL, cholesterol, and a higher blood <laughs> antioxidant level of good HDL, cholesterol. Um, so Dove Dark Chocolate is an excellent choice, and you only need about one ounce of dark chocolate a day to make a difference in your body chemistry. And then there's a little recipe here that... Uh, she added and uh, let's see what do you say you fill a mug with one cup of milk and microwave it on medium setting for about one minute carefully remove the cup and add two cubes of dove dark chocolate to the milk stir gently until the milk melts then add a dollop of whipped cream and shave a bit of dark chocolate over the top of the whipped cream and then sip slowly candlelight and soft music wouldn't hurt either <laughs> but <clears throat> Yeah, that's uh, that's good for you. Seriously, good for you. And uh, now you like dark chocolate, don't you? Sure. I don't like dark chocolate. You don't that's like one. dark chocolate? No. Dear God! Well, no wonder you're not healthy, sexual. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, and in fact, I was reading recently that uh, for diabetics, um, dark chocolate and coconut is a good mixture. And I just love Mounds bars, you know, which is just dark chocolate and coconut. Well, see, I'd be fucked because I hate coconut too. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't like coconut, you know, as a mainstay. Um, although it's it's kind of fun to get a coconut at the store and break it open and eat the coconut out of it, you know, that's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, uh, Mounds bars, you know, dark chocolate and coconut, that's that's tasty. And it's apparently good for you if if taken in moderation, of course. Okay. And now we can move on from aphrodisiacs to just some elementary sexual facts. Facts. Okay. For instance, <clears throat> male bats seem to have a higher rate of homosexuality than any other mammal. Really? Yes. Wonder why? Don't know. Perhaps it's because they spend so much time hanging, hanging upside upside down in pitch dark caves. Okay. That's totally nonsensical, but I don't know. Um, it's yeah. I, I don't know. Nobody knows. I mean, there, there's there are lots of bat. Uh, organizations and stuff on Facebook. You know, they have bats everywhere. I mean, they, you know. Right. Um, but I don't think anyone is really 
looked into the homosexuality aspect of it. <sighs> what else she got? Oh, nothing. No. <laughs> um, <clears throat> condoms. Uh, the Ramesses condom. It's kind of like, well, it's just like Trojan, except it's named after uh, the great pharaoh Ramesses II, who fathered over 150 children in his lifetime. Holy fuck. He did that, too. <laughs> uh, let's see. The first couple to be shown together in the same bed on national television was... Oh, I know this one. Oh, really? Yes, let me think about it. Okay. It was the Flintstones. That's correct. It was Fred and Wilma Flintstone. Fred and Wilma Flintstone. And also, at least at that time, the Flintstones was the longest-running animated um, primetime TV show for a long time. Probably until... The Simpsons. And South Park and, you know, whatever else, you know, all those other shows. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they were the first ones to share a bed on TV. <clears throat> and here we have a little <clears throat> subject of overkill. Penalty for masturbation in Indonesia is decapitation. Oh, shit. And I'm fairly sure they're not talking about the head of the guy's dick. No. Decapitation. Damn. Damn. But isn't Indonesia, isn't that where they go and get crucified like once a year or something like that? They're they're pretty radical in their beliefs, religious beliefs. Uh, well, I don't know. If, I'm not sure if that's Indonesia or the Philippines. And you're talking about Christmas time. Yes. Oh, no, I'm sorry, Easter. Or Easter, yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. Um, yeah, Indonesia has a really high Muslim uh, population. But I, I, I just don't understand. Then it's probably the Philippines. Yeah, where they would uh, chop off some guy's head for masturbating. <laughs> well, anyway, um, at one time, Donald Duck cartoons were banned in Finland because Donald never wears pants. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean... Ducks don't wear pants. No. You know, so I don't know what the big problem would be. They don't go around putting little shorts on all the ducks out there in Finland, do they? Well, that and and kind of a visually, you know, just a character development kind of thing. He would look stupid with pants. Well, of course he would. Ducks don't wear pants, but then neither do mice. True, true. But Mickey does. But anyway, it's, it's a cartoon for Christ's sake. Anyway, uh, let's see. Humans and dolphins are the only species that have sex for pleasure. That's it? Interesting. Well, you can't count masturbation as having sex for pleasure because most <laughs> most primates masturbate. Right. Well, that's what I was thinking was like more along the, like the orangutan. That's what I was thinking. Well, I... I, I guess uh, they masturbate, but they don't necessarily just have sex because it feels good. Interesting. I mean, with another right primate, except for the homosexuals, then they obviously do it for pleasure, since it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, what do aphids and triples from Star Trek have in common? You know what an aphid is? No. Oh. Aphids are those little tiny translucent green bugs that suck juice out of roses and stuff. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, the little green guys. <clears throat> aphids and tribbles. What they have in common is they're both born pregnant. Oh, shit. Yeah. And an aphid can have babies ten days after it's born without ever having meeting another one of its species. Tribbles, too. That's a drag. <laughs> well, I don't know. <clears throat> Um, aphids uh, also are the main food source of ladybugs and ladybug larvae. Okay. Okay. Uh, Female ferrets. Talk about a bummer. Female ferrets will die if they go into heat and cannot find a mate. That is a bummer. Wouldn't you think so? Shit. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't. I mean, I know a lot of people not in California, but I know a lot of people have ferrets for pets. <laughs> and if you have a female ferret, and I think of uh, what's her name, the writer, uh, Jesse, Jesse Wolf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Indeed. Yeah, she has lots of ferrets. Oh well, if you have lots of them, I guess it would be okay. If you only had one and it was a female, and she went into heat by herself, I guess that would be a sad situation. That's interesting, though. <sighs> yeah. And let's see. Uh, speaking of fuck. Sort of. Yes. Um, have you ever wondered where the word fuck originated? Actually, I have. Okay. Of course you have. Well, back in the olden days, when the population of England was seriously depleted due to war, plague, famine, you know, all those things that were uh, typical problems in the Middle Ages... Uh, the king issued an official order for his people to replenish the population. Thus, the citizens of England were ordered to fornicate under command of the king. F-U-C-K. Interesting. I actually have been told a different story. Well, you know, this is just, this is just a story. Right, what was, right. What, what was your story? Uh, what was it? It was uh, the English when they were fighting uh, France. The archers, when the archers would um, get captured, they would sever the the bow finger where they, you know, yeah. they grabbed it, and, and um, when the the English finally came in and, and took over, not took over, but won the battle with France, uh, the archers were saying because it was their plucking fingers. Well, actually, it was this finger, the middle finger. Um, they would raise it in victory and say, "Pluck you," and which. Actually, it has turned into fuck you. Hmm. That's... I don't know where I heard that one from, but... Yeah, certainly not from me. (laughs) True enough, the the French did cut off the archer's fingers, you know, that they used to pull back on the bowstring. But uh, uh, the story I heard was that when they raised their fingers this way uh, toward you, stood for victory. Okay. That's the way Churchill always showed his fingers. Right. If but when it, in the seventies when it got turned around, so the back of your hand was showing with the two fingers up, and it stood for peace. You know, victory and peace. Peace. Right. Right. Uh, I don't think that was the fuck you the story though. Uh, it was. It was a fun story. Though. Yeah. 
<laughs> and in the, in the case of size, does size really matter? It depends on who you talk to, I guess. Gorillas, the largest primates on Earth, actually have the smallest primate penis at only about two inches long. Hmm. Meanwhile, a blue whale, the largest mammal on Earth, has a penis which can reach a length of eight feet. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, that would be a big one. <clears throat> yeah. Relative to body size, the pig really brings home the bacon in this one. A pig's corkscrew-shaped penis can reach 18 inches. And if that wasn't special enough... His orgasm can last up to 30 minutes. Holy hell. How, I mean. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. How do they fucking know that? This I, gonna I have no idea. <laughs> I guess they spent millions of dollars researching this. Fuck, who knows. Be like, hey, George, go over there to the pig. See what happens. Yeah, with, the, with the stopwatch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but let's see, um, as far as I know, um, the largest penis for size of the creature, because mm -hmm. even though a, a whale has an eight, eight, eight foot long penis, I mean, they are just, you know, a hundred feet long. Right. But for penis size in regard to body size, I think the flea has the largest penis for its body size for proportionate there you go proportionate to this body size really yeah because uh you know if you've ever seen a flea you know how they have this <clears throat> large hump back mm -hmm. and so when the male flea gets on top of the female flea he's got to reach his dick clear around that big old hump thing and come up underneath it so his uh his penis is like it's over twice his body length or something <laughs> Ah, well, anyway. Female bedbug, on the other hand, has no sexual opening on her body. Oh? So in order to propagate the species, the male bedbug must use his curved penis to actually drill a hole into the female's body and just spray his sperm inside her and hope it hits an egg, I guess. <clears throat> wow. And, uh, you know, bed bugs have made a huge fucking comeback in the last decade or so, so they must be doing something right. <clears throat> See, that's a good thing humans aren't like that, because five, ten minutes in, five to ten minutes into it, humans be like, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, it ain't worth the effort. Well, I don't know how long it actually takes to drill a hole into one, but... I'm going to try it. <laughs> the male snail and slug will slide up next to a female and literally fire his rigid penis into the female's body with such force that the female sometimes dies of shock. Oh, shit. So, <laughs> being human ain't that rough after all, I guess. Oh, and of course, the praying mantis, you know, will rip her mate's head off after sex right. if, he, if he doesn't get away. 
and the Black Widow Spider will devour her mate following sex if he isn't quick enough to get away. And that has something to do with uh, survival of the fittest, you know, the male who can run around and impregnate the most females gets to have his his progeny right around more but uh so it's actually kind of a good thing you know if the guy's a uh you know just a real dildo then he's going to get killed off and he won't get to have any more kids so that works out pretty well for them i guess what about the uh it's a virus I can't think of it. I want to say it's the mucoi virus where there's actually male, female. And after the male impregnates the female, shortly thereafter, the female actually has a reproductive transformation and turns into a male. What are you talking about? Just some comic book you read or what? <laughs> no, actually I read it in a microbiology book. What do you, what, virus? Yes. They don't have male and female viruses. Yes, they do. Yes. For, for what was it? I think it's mucoi virus. Mucoli? Yes. M. coli, you mean? Yeah. That's the stuff that uh, makes you sick, isn't it? Yes. Well, yeah, it's a virus. Well, I know, but <laughs> that's the stuff that, like, uh, well, I never knew viruses had uh, um, male and female species. Yes. I think you're incorrect. You have to show me that. I'll have to look. You have to look it up. All right. Well, I'm, I, that's all I have for sex right now from uh, Barbara Bucolic. Uh But <clears throat> you know, I always wondered what her how you pronounced her name. Bucolic. Well, now I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but I have something else here. Since we had uh, Halloween recently, and uh, oh, by the way, if if you any of you missed our uh, Halloween special, Dave and I did a uh, hour-long special on paranormal and strange things that have happened to not only us personally, but to our family members, some of our family members. So if you missed that, go back and check it out. That was uh, a lot of fun. Yes. But... Uh, you know, Halloween is past, but you never get enough of uh, horror movies and such. And uh, one of the featured articles we had there in Herotica at one time was uh, a semi-biography of James Whale. And for those of you who aren't real familiar with his name, he's he was the director of Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein and The Invisible Man and several... You know, several of the universal classic horror horror flicks. And uh, James Whale, he was born in July of 1889 in Dudley, England. Um, The sixth of seven, the sixth of seven children. And while he did go to school, he was forced to leave early while still a teenager because it was too it cost too much money for his family to send him to school, and he was needed to uh, go to work and bring in extra money for the family. Nice. <clears throat> he was a, a slight, small, slight child, so most of his brothers had gone into uh, construction work, heavy industry. Uh-huh. 
But he was too small. He was considered too small for that kind of work. So, oh my God! Excuse me. I keep making noise. Uh, you got to work as a cobbler. You know, a guy who makes shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, and he would take discarded bent nails from replaced soles, uh, shoe soles, and sell them as scrap for extra cash. And he discovered uh, that he had a talent for art, and he made additional money by lettering signs and price tags for local stores. And with this extra income, which could not have been very much, but it was enough for him to enroll in evening classes at the Dudley School of Arts and Crafts. And that's where he learned to make films. No. Or no? No. <clears throat> Uh, 1914, when the war broke out, uh, he knew that it was only a matter of time before he was going to be drafted, so he went ahead and enlisted in the Army. He was 25 years old at the time, and so he was considered to be a good candidate for officer training, and was eventually commissioned a second lieutenant in July of 1916. And then a little over a year later, he was captured by the Germans in August during the Flanders campaign and was a POW for two years. But he made the the most of it because while imprisoned, Whale discovered that he had a talent for for staging theatrical productions and he began to produce shows for the guards and his fellow prisoners. After the war... Uh, he returned to Birmingham and tried to find work as a cartoonist. He did actually manage to sell a couple of cartoons to one magazine in 1919, but he couldn't find steady work in that field. Uh, later in 1919, he embarked on a professional stage career where Whale worked as an actor, a set designer, a stage manager, and a director. In 1922, he met Zor- Doris. Doris. Zinkaisen, and the two of them soon became known as a couple, despite the fact that Whale lived as an openly gay man. They were together for two years and were reportedly engaged to be married in 1924, but by 1925 the engagement had fallen through. In 1928, Whale was offered the opportunity to direct two performances of a then-unknown play called Journey's End play took place in the World War I trenches of France. Uh, it was well received and transferred to another theater where it ran for an additional three weeks. Critics and the public loved the play and it was once again transferred to a bigger theater where it ran for an additional two years. His success with Journey's In brought Whale to the attention of film producers. So he traveled to Hollywood in 1929 and signed a contract with Paramount Studios. However, he only worked on one picture as a dialogue director before his contract was allowed to lapse. And next he worked on an independent film with Howard Hughes. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, Howard Hughes did film. Well, yeah, I knew he did film, but that means... Yeah, and he helped turn a former silent movie version of Hell's Angels into a talkie, working as a dialogue director. And then Whale went back to Chicago to direct another production of Journey's End. 
In late 1929 and early 1930, he directed a film version of Journey's End to tremendous critical acclaim and commercial success. And in 1931, he signed a contract with Universal Studios, yay, where he made an important career choice when he decided he wanted to direct a movie called Frankenstein. He picked an unknown actor named Boris Karloff to play the monster. The film was a great commercial success and earned Universal $12 million worldwide. And what, <clears throat> what year was that? 1931, the, the Depression. Damn. It was one, well, and you know they only charged like a nickel to get in to see it. I was going to say, yeah. So, you know, to make 12 million bucks worldwide is, is pretty good. Uh, it was, it is one of only a few of Wales films to remain in the public eye to this day. Even though Whale developed a deep hatred for the Germans during his two years as a prisoner of war in his film career, he was heavily influenced by German movie directors, an influence which can be seen in many of his films, especially those of the horror genre. Interesting. Well, you remember uh, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari? Yes. How weird that was. That was a German film. That was good. And yes. It was, a good, it was a good movie, not so much because... You know, the plot was good, but just because it was so freaking weird. <laughs> yes. You know? And uh, it was like way ahead of his time. Oh, let's see. In 33, Whale began shooting the, the Invisible Man from a script approved by H.G. Wells. Um, this film was critically acclaimed and broke box office records again. And again, during the Depression, they made a lot of money off of it. And his next horror film was The Bride of Frankenstein, which was lauded as the finest of all gothic horror movies and is still hailed as Wales' masterpiece. i got to watch that again. I've got it on my Netflix list. I just haven't had time to... I haven't watched that in years. Yeah. And actually, uh, Elsa Lancaster only has like... Well, actually, I don't think she has more than about two or three lines, and then it's just screaming. Right. She doesn't actually say anything. But anyway, uh, with Bride of Frankenstein, no, wait, wait. When his film career started to decline in 1937, possibly because he didn't want to make any more horror movies, um, with the exception of The Man in the Iron Mask in 1939, he was delegated to directing B-movies until his contract expired. Frustrated with the film industry politics and backstabbing that went on within the studios, he retired from the film industry in 1941. He directed a few more small and unimportant films after his retirement, including one for the U.S. Army. And he did some stage productions, but never came close to rebuilding his earlier career. By the early 1950s, Whale was depressed and lonely, even though a longtime companion lived with him for many years. 1956, he suffered a small stroke, and a few months later was struck down by a larger and more debilitating stroke. And while in the hospital, he was treated with the shock treatments for his depression. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I bet that helped. Yeah. After the dual strokes, Whale became even more depressed. What a surprise. 
and his mental faculties were noticeably diminishing. By this time, he was relying heavily on drugs to ease his pain during the day and to help him sleep at night. On May 29, 1957, Whale drowned himself in his swimming pool at his house. He was 67 years old. He left a suicide note, but that note was kept secret by his lover until he died many years later. So at the time of Whale's death, it was ruled accidental. Nobody knew it was a suicide until the lover died. And in the note, Whale explained that he could no longer stand the pain that he was suffering from and did not want to end up in a home when his mind completely failed him. That actually makes sense. Sorry? I said it actually makes sense. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was cremated and his ashes were placed at Forest Lawn Memorial Park, Glendale, in California. No shit. And, while many of his movies have been sadly nearly forgotten, he is well remembered for a few timeless creations, which will no doubt keep his name and memory with us for generations to come. Well, yeah, even many years from now, people are still going to remember Boris Karloff and Frankenstein, or The Bride of Frankenstein. <clears throat> and for any for anyone interested in uh, a more detailed account of James Whale's life, there's a, a wonderful movie called Of Men and Monsters. Oh, uh, yeah. There's uh, about James Whale's life and uh, his death. Uh, that is a, an excellent, an excellent movie. I believe it's on Netflix, because I remember that you actually did a thing on that for... Erotica, yeah. and I looked it up, and I, I've seen it. Yeah, I I haven't noticed it on uh, Netflix. It may be there, but uh, it's got to be around somewhere. I was gonna say maybe it's on one of the side sites. Yeah, but regardless, um, he had he he was uh, an outspoken gay in the '30s, which didn't uh, lend him many friends. And he used a lot of gay people in his productions. Uh, but regardless, his movies were classics and uh, are still watched today. Yes. And are still enjoyed today, so... <sighs> he just... He wasn't appreciated enough during his lifetime. No. <clears throat> well, just because that... that... That lifestyle wasn't openly accepted, you know, it was... No, not by very many, especially in Hollywood. Um, even though many, many, many Hollywood stars were gay, uh, not many of them were openly gay. Right. Yeah. So. Interesting. And what was the name of the movie one more time? Of Men and Monsters, I think, was oh. that it? Yes. Monsters. Something like that. And who, do you remember who was the, the lead in that? You know, I think it was Gandalf. Gandalf, the guy who played Gandalf in... in Ian McKellen. Lord, Ian McKellen, yes. I th I'm pretty sure that's who it was. I'd have, to, I'd, have to, I'd, have to, I'd have to look it up again. Maybe I'll do a report on that for next... Uh, 
news, views, news, and views, views and reviews. Yeah, but I, I'm pretty sure it was Ian and uh, and the younger guy was. Uh, yeah, the younger guy was uh, <laughs> the guy who did the Mummy, uh, the, the new Mummy movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Brandon Brandon Fraser. Yes, actually, that's who it was. Yeah. That was a. It was it was made quite a while ago, so he was a young guy then, and uh, but it's worth watching. And if you search around on online, you'll find it. Yeah. Well, you can find pretty much anything online. Sure, sure. So that was it. That was that was what I that was what I pulled out of Herotica for this for this show. Um, there is much more. Uh, in, in Herotica uh, we can't get into the stories much of course because without the permission they're, yeah. yeah they're copyrighted but some of the stories were just amazing really <clears throat> twisted and bizarre and very good maybe we can get you to read um, there is one story that I absolutely love and um, it was was it Kiss and Kill? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that wasn't that was in that was in the, the realm of Herodica, which was a, a one time episode of the World of Myth that we did on the World of Myth. But you did a rewrite last year. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I always rewrite my stuff. <laughs> so maybe we can have you sit down and why, why would I do that? Because that would be awesome. Uh, I don't know. We'll think about it. Hey, I, I actually sat down and read the Unluckies one, for one of the podcasts. So, the Unluckies, or not the Unluckies, the the leftovers. Oh, the leftovers, yeah. So it's been done before. Yeah, I know. Okay. Well, we can we can we 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 we, we can see about that. <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah, it's like it's it's already been published, so it's not like it's you know secret or anything. Right. Well, that and you own the rights to it. Oh yeah. Folks, we're going to wrap it up. Um, don't forget about Herotica. Just go to Herotica.com. You can check out all the back issues, the artwork, the stories, poetry, articles. the articles. Uh, Introductions. I it, was, was in- it was an amazing It was an amazing run. It was a great magazine. I had a lot of fun doing that. Uh, really sorry it's gone, but uh, uh, check it out if you feel up to it, you know. And, uh, oh yeah, my, I've got a couple of stories, three actually, some, I've got, uh, some stories from, uh, my, uh, fantasy book, uh, The Dragon Hunters and Other Fantasy Tales is on Amazon Kindle, uh, so you can go there for 99 cents and get a taste of, uh, what I write about occasionally, if you like. Yes. Terry D. Shear under Terry D. Shear or uh, the Dragon Hunters and other fantasy tales. Either one. Anyway. Really easy to find. 99 cents for three stories. You can't get shit for 99 cents. I mean, real realistically, you can't. I, I can't think of anything that's 99 cents. Yeah. You can't even buy a, what is those old Bazooka Joe bubble gums? Yeah, I know. Fuck. Gum used to get five five sticks for a nickel. Now you get ten for two dollars. Yeah. 
<clears throat> yep. But anyway, so we're going to wrap it up. Uh, next week we'll be back and uh, have some more shit for you. That'll be good. So for now, it's uh, Terry D. Sure and... David K. Montoya. Signing off, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening, folks. Good night. Good night. All right, that was... Oh, he's tripping out. <laughs> no, I can't. I know. I know. Kid. <laughs> ah, goodness. Yeah, it's just not working with me, is it? It's like, let me go down. <laughs> let me go down. Um. So yeah, that was. Um. You know, we we were actually, and I know this is probably Zoe knows has no clue. Um. But I, I purchased way before Zoe was even born. Uh, we purchased Herotica. Is it your bedtime? You no. getting sleepy? No. That was it's a big one. I woke up this morning. I know. Um, I bought a, a online magazine a long time ago. I think it was like 2007 before um, either you or your sister were born called Herotica. And Terry and I ran it. For a very long time, we ran it until 2012, and we're actually looking into bringing it back. So that's one of the reasons why I picked this episode. All right, you ready to uh, finish I out the show? I don't know what Lily's watching, but it's something weird. Is it? Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and finish out the show, okay? All right, and our random pick is... When in Burmake, number seven. Yep, when in Burbank number seven, it says germ warfare. Those germies, those <laughs> germies. It's a originally released January eighth, two thousand thirteen. Sadie and Dave talk about the cleanliness of man and their long history against germs, as well as Sadie getting philosophical about employment and one's choice. I do not remember this one. <laughs> She's just giddy. All right, kids, let's go ahead and enjoy Push Play on Win in Burbank, number seven, Germ Warfare. Happy 2013 and welcome to Win in Burbank. I'm David K. Montoya. And I am S.C. Burbank. You know, there were some rumors that the Mayan calendar made a mistake and instead of it being on the 21st it was going to be like the 31st so hmm. you know the doomsayers said that we're all going to die well you know ernie said that they got other calendars other places too and they go thousands of years longer so i'm i'm, I'm sorry i you know like i said the other day apologies to george lucas i don't get it actually i do have something to cover with him but we'll get to him okay later. okay um, so we not only survived one doomsday but now we, another, actually. We survived two doomsday. I figure, you know, if I get through 24 a day and <laughs> I wake up in the morning and my feet hit the ground, I've survived another doomsday as far as I'm concerned. Um, I will publicly go on record and make an apology to George Lucas. I did okay. some research. Okay. George Lucas did not um, make the Millennium Falcon like we had talked. In fact, the article that was put out that was said it was by Seth Rogen mm -hmm. was a dummy article. It wasn't even by Seth Rogen. Oh. So So you mean we we inaccurately accused George Lucas of being a dope? 
Pretty much, yes. Oh, well, Jesus, George, I'm sorry. <laughs> Shit, I wouldn't have done that for the world. Had I known you weren't a dope, you know, anytime somebody's a dope and I know it, I'm probably going to say so. But, uh, you know, if they're not and I say so, that's kind of dopey of me, actually. So. <clears throat> well, I, I think it also falls into the fact that this article was put together so well that CNN picked it up. Mm. And that's where I read it, was on CNN. So a bunch of us were being dope. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, our apologies, there you go. George. It just goes to show you cannot believe everything you read or hear. As my brother used to say, paper holds still. You can put anything on it. You're right. Near waves are the same thing. Very true. In fact, uh, what I've learned is the acquisition is not even final. Technically, Lucas still owns Lucas Films. As ah. of this moment. Ah. It's, so it's in the you he know, hasn't process. spent the four point whatever bill no. yet. Okay. Well, in fact, he hasn't even received the money yet. Yeah. Well, if it's not final, <laughs> not final till yeah the money's there and the thing is gone. So. So we apologize. Okay, George, we're sorry. We didn't mean it. But well, we did mean it, but only because we're assholes and didn't realize it wasn't true. And it was just good theater of the mind. You know, it, yeah, was, it, was, it was amusing. I suppose. Well, for our part, it may have been amusing. <laughs> I doubt that George would have been amused had he been listening. But fortunately for us, he probably wasn't nor never will. So. Well, he, he put out a statement somewhere, uh, you know, pretty much saying, you know, Christ's sakes, this isn't me. I never said this. Oh, did he really? Yeah. Not because of what we said. No, no. I, but, I think we're too insignificant uh, to be you think? to <laughs> uh, Understatement preceded uh, this comment. Yes. Uh-huh. I agree. We are. Yes. So, again, first, last time, apology to George Lucas. Best of wishes to you. Um, <laughs> I want to get back into the conversation that we were actually having before we started recording. Um uh, what was going on for the listeners? I was reading today in the newspaper that in Indiana, a 22-year-old veteran ICU nurse was fired from her job because she refused to have the flu shot. And for me, I, I thought it was a violation of, of you know a person's choice. But what were you saying? Well, I just said that that uh, <clears throat> I said a lot, but actually, in the short time we talked. But uh, to put it in the perspective of the employer who has uh, who provides his business is the business of providing health care for uh, the infirm, whatever their problem may be, uh, and he hires people to to do that job, to wipe their butts, take their vomit out of the bed, take them out of the bed, give them their shots, give them their meds, pat them on the head, and cover them over with a sheet when they're gone, things like that. When he hires people to do that, he says to those people individually, look, I got this business here, it's a hospital, and I'm going to have sick people in it, and I want you to take care of them because you're a nurse. And I want you to do this, 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 and this. And included in the this, 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 and this, and this, I want you to, A, I don't want you to drink on the job. I don't want you to swear in front of the patients. I don't want you to uh, be unhealthy. And uh, part of that includes you have to get um, inoculations against um, the flu, um, hepatitis, hepatitis. 
And what else did we have to get inoculated for? TB. TB. Uh, and I want that done on an upkeep basis. In other words, uh, every time uh, it's time for your boosters or your shots and or whatever, those are to be kept up. Do you want to go to work for me under those circumstances? And I'm going to pay you X number of dollars an hour to do it and give you X benefits to do it. And then the person says yes or no. And if he says yes, then the, the employer has the right to expect that the employee is going to meet the demands that he sets forth for his business. Right. His business, as I said, is to provide a as healthy as possible atmosphere for healing to take place. That's supposedly what a hospital is all about. Right, right. You notice I said supposedly. So if someone later turns around and breaches that contract, essentially, by saying, well, I don't, I don't want to have a flu shot, I don't believe in flu shots, or flu shots make me sick, or um, you, any other excuse they may have, then the employer, in my opinion, has the right to say, then in that case, you are no longer eligible to maintain your position here because that is one of the requirements that I set forth with you on hiring you. And he's free, in my opinion, to exercise his right as the employer and say, your services are no longer needed here. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, for anybody that's been listening to this show, you know, war, this is number seven. So we've been doing this for seven weeks now. So anybody that's been listening for the last, you know, almost two months now, mm-hmm. wow, we've been doing this for a while. Um, <laughs> should already know, we both have history in the medical field. You know, right. you're a retired respiratory therapist. I'm actually still active in the medical field. The company that I work for, the, the main corporate company, St. Joseph Healthcare, actually has the same policy and, you know, saying, if you don't do this, you're going to get fired. Mm-hmm. But what they have is they actually have a sign-off saying that, you know, I refuse to, to get uh, the vaccination. Mm-hmm. But if I get sick from the flu because it's my own doing... I can't use, like, pay time off or anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Plus, in, 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 in some respects, you have to agree that should that happen, let's say that you do get the flu, but let's say, for purposes of the argument, that you get the flu while you're at work. That is to say, you start coming down with it while you're at work. You, hit, you enter that contagious phase right. while you're at work. Let's say the beginning of your shift, a 12-hour shift, no less, okay? And during your 12 hours, when you're contagious and getting the flu but not really yet aware, you know, you've just got that ooky kind of feeling and, you know, like, oh, God, please don't let me be getting sick kind of feeling. And you come into contact with bedridden patients who can't get away from you, uh, fellow employees who haven't got uh, any awareness that you're coming down, as it were, every surface that you touch, 
and I don't care how much you wash your hands, you're going to contaminate surfaces. Oh, yeah. And it's in a hospital, problem. you're going to do it. Uh, you're going to contaminate surfaces that patients will touch, employees will touch, visitors will touch, doctors will touch, all of those kinds of things. You're going to contaminate the med cart. You're going to contaminate the crash cart. You're going to contaminate the patient's bed rails. You're going to contaminate their visitor's clothing when you help them on with their coats when they get ready to leave. On and on and on and on and on. Okay, for 12 freaking hours. Right. You're contaminating all sorts. You know, everybody saw... Or if, not everybody saw, but a lot of people saw that uh, movie, what the heck was it called, Contagion? Did you see that thing? That movie? No. Ooh, with Gwyneth, Gwyneth Paltrow uh, and um, Matt Damon. Ooh, really good movie. I mean, like, the, the speed with which this horrific, deadly contagion spread was just phenomenal. I mean, it went from nobody knowing anything about it one day to gazillion people died from it within a week's time. I mean, it was really, really fast. And the point that they made was through the contamination of just hand-to-hand combat, as it were, uh, you know, with people on a plane, ticket agents, restaurateurs, you know, all sorts of people. Um, and come to think of it, I haven't mentioned the cafeteria at work, but there you go. There's a whole bunch of other people there. Um, and the people that come in and out and serve service the uh, the cafeteria, the food uh, companies that bring in the food and stuff like that. Maybe you know them and you say hi to them and shake right. hands. You know. um, Can I, I put in an edit- editorial note real fast? Yeah, yeah. For anybody that goes to the hospital and you use the toilet, Flush the fucking toilet. Oh, yes. I, just nastiest goddamn thing I've ever done. Just flush it. Okay? Just flush it. And when we get through with this, ask me about toilets again. Okay? Okay, go ahead. Okay, so anyway, my point is that in that 12-hour shift, okay, you've contaminated the shit out of this hospital, and you're just you. Right. Let's say there's 10 of you in the hospital who don't want to have their flu shots who are all coming down with the flu at varying times during uh, the month. Right. Okay, we'll say, we'll just pick a month, this month. Ten of you don't want to get the, your shots. Ten of you come down with the flu in a, in a 30-day period. There's a whole lot of contamination going on, a whole lot of opportunity for everybody else that you've come in contact with to catch what you've gotten just because... You didn't want to get your flu shot. Now, <clears throat> I know I'm going to step on toes here, and I'm sorry, but let's think about why people don't want to get their flu shots. Okay. okay. I've heard these excuses. You tell me if you've heard more. I get the flu from them. Yes, that's the big one. Um, I don't believe in vaccines. I don't think they help. I think now. they're a, um, a uh, ruse put up by uh, medical houses and so on and so forth. Um, and and uh, let's see, what oh, what's the other one? There's another one. Um, I think the allergy, the allergy one is, if somebody doesn't really want to get a flu shot, the allergy one's a good 
good reason to use. Yeah. You You're know, allergic to eggs. Prove, prove I'm not allergic to eggs. You're going to make me eat an egg to prove to you I'm allergic to them? I don't think so. Okay, so if you don't want to get your flu shot, just say big off and say you're allergic to eggs. Don't make a big freaking deal about it. You won't get your flu shot. You won't get paid to be sick. And have sense enough when you know you're coming down to go home. Right. Now you solved a lot of problems right there. Okay. But of those three, those are pretty much the three main excuses. You forgot the fourth one. Which is? I don't like needles. Oh, yeah, I don't like needles. Okay, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I hear that a lot, okay. too. Okay, um, I don't like needles either, but I really hate hugging the porcelain god on my knees, barfing up my guts, and shitting my brains out, and aching like a mother for three days. <laughs> okay, I really don't like that. And when you compare a, a moment's prick in the arm, to 48 hours of barfing and shitting and aching. Right. Gee, it just doesn't seem to compare to me. Well, for me, you know, 20 bucks an hour or, you know, let me back up. Not get the flu shot and not make 20 bucks an hour. There you go. There you go. Opposed to just getting it and making 20 bucks an hour. That's right. You know, it's bad enough to be sick and barfing at home. But if, at least if you know you're getting paid to be sick at home, you're, you can live with it better. Right. But if you're not, you got meds to buy, you got doctors to see, you got crap to put up with, and you're not getting paid. So it's big time. Right. So um, I think the reason you brought this all up was sort of, in a way, you defended the woman. You felt like that her rights... Uh, as an individual were being usurped because her boss was saying, well, you know, my way or the highway. Um, And to go back to that point, I maintain that's exactly right. It's his way or the highway. He's the fucking boss. True. He runs the business. You don't want to, you don't want to do his things his way. It's like TV. You don't like the channel, change it. True. You don't like what your boss wants you to do. Don't work for him. Um... I don't know how to put it any other, any other way, you know, really. Well, for me, when I first read it, it was just, um, it was, I, as you put it into terms, and it, 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 that actually makes more sense to me than, than what I've read out of the article. But when I first read the article, it was just like, she didn't have an option, you know, and... Yeah, she did. She could have got the flu shot. Well, yeah, she could have got the flu shot. Yeah, yeah she, she did have an job. option. She did have an option. The option was... Do it my way or get another job. She had a choice. It wasn't, I mean, he didn't hold a gun to her head and say, if you don't get the flu shot, I'm going to kill you. He just said, you can't go to work for me. You know, you can't continue to work for me. Put yourself in his shoes. You really have to do that when you're talking about um, employee rights and things. We're not talking about equal pay for the the sexes now. We're not talking about... um, Susie and Johnny both doing the same amount of work. Johnny gets, uh, you know, Boku Bennies and Susie's out in the cold. We're not talking about stuff like that. We're talking about all the employees in this man's business have to get flu shots. He said so. Right. It's his business. He can say that. He's entitled by law to make the requirements for his business. Well, that plus, you know, he's also backed by the CDC. 
you know, because of course the exactly. CDC wants everybody. To exactly. Get, you know. And and think what you will about the CDC and about the drug. I know that drug companies are pushing things down our throat. My, you know, my husband is is uh, you know pre-diabetic and has high blood pressure. My doctor kept trying to tell me I had hypertension until I I fi- I just I just um, I finally I said, look, I will go and take your hypertension, you know, you can take my blood pressure for six weeks test. I'll come in once a week and I'll get my blood pressure taken if they do it the right way because there are right ways and wrong ways to take blood pressure. Oh, yes. If you do it the right way, I'll come in and I'll have them take my blood pressure every every week for six weeks running. And if I'm hypertensive at, that, at the end of that period of time, I'll let you say I'm hypertensive. But if I'm not, I want—I don't want to ever hear about it again from you. <laughs> and I went in, and I was textbook every damn time. So you literally went to Fontana? No, I went over here to High Desert. Oh, okay. But I went in once a week with my little card. I'd sit down. Nice nurse would take my blood pressure. Every damn time was textbook blood pressure. And, folks, I'm a big girl, okay? I'm five foot three, and I weigh 250-something pounds. Okay, and everybody looks at me when we go to the drugstore for Ernie's uh, diabetic meds and hypertension meds. They all think it's for me, you know. Ernie's skinny, right? right? <laughs> and yeah, he's Japanese American, but that's it, you know. I mean, they look at him and they think he's okay, but that fat girl, she's got some problems. She's diabetic and she's hypertensive, and it isn't me. It's all him. Your pancreas is working fine. My what is? Your pancreas. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, my body knows what to do with cholesterol. My body knows what to do with with my blood sugar. My body knows what to do with uh, hypertension. It just doesn't know where to put the fat. <laughs> That's the problem. Okay? But the, the, the point is that I don't even know how we got off on that. It's okay. Um, back to the, the lady with the, the flu shot yes. thing. Um, I sympathize with her. Because I can, I can sort of identify with the problem. I don't necessarily like to. Well, I actually I do. I like to get my flu shots. I have pneumonia shot. I have flu shots every year. I have. Um, I even got the shingles, and and Tdep or whatever. I got that vaccine last year actually. Yeah, because I've had shingles once. <clears throat> see, I've never had chickenpox. Oh, well, see, I I had chickenpox. Mm-hmm. I had, I was born, or not born with, but shortly after I was born, I had eczema, and my dad had psoriasis, and I have pemphigus. So I have all these skin things going on, and I am a prime candidate for shingles, and I had them once. And when we're not recording, I'll tell you where I had them. (laughs) (laughs) Not in the good place, okay? And I don't ever want to have them again. My dad also had shingles. Uh, at, at one time it's horrible anybody that's had shingles knows what I'm talking about it's the most god off and if anybody's suffering from it right now my sympathies to you it's horrid it is just horrid yeah because it works on your lymphs uh-huh. so you know and for most patients it you know usually strikes around the torso area and so you got like half your body's worth of lymph glands to play with and it does it goes right up the top of your head and it just oh Take your, take your, the roof of your head right off. The pain is incredible pain. So I was thrilled to get that vaccine. So 
it, but if, if I didn't like needles, my brother hated needles, as an example. If I didn't like needles, if I didn't believe in, in flu shots, if I didn't, if I thought they made me sick, which, <clears throat> by the way, it's a dead bacillus, folks. It can't make you sick. That's all in your head. Trust me on this one. Okay. If I believed it made me sick, if all of those things I had, and my boss said, you have to get your flu shot or I won't let you work here, I'd have to say, geez, boss, I'm sorry then. I guess it's all over between us because I'm not going to get a flu shot. Or I would have to say, okay, I'll have the flu shot and go to work. You know, it's it's pretty cut and dry. See, I've I've gotten a flu shot almost every year since I was like 17 or 18 years old, mm -hmm. except for one year, and that was in 2010, mm -hmm. you know, when I was in the depths of, of hell. Mm -hmm. you know. Obviously, there was no place out there to get a flu shot, mm -hmm. so I didn't. That was the one and only time. And guess what happened? You got the flu. I got it. Of course you did. You got a raging case of the flu. I did. Yeah. And, and, and it's true that the flu shots do not necessarily cover you for all types of flu. I get that. But, you know... If you if if you if you can stop from getting one type of flu with the flu shot, all right, yeah, you're home free. So I I don't uh, I I don't know. I think I think sometimes we get so caught up in defending our rights and 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 being right that we forget to think. Um, you know, it's like Frosty used to tell me all the time. You really don't have to always be right. <laughs> it's okay to not always be right. And and she had a really good point. And I think about that a lot. Frosty's been gone for a long time now, but I think about that a lot because uh, I find myself trying to be right a lot still, you know. And um, it's better to just shut up and learn than it is to go around telling people how right you are. I think, although I'm sitting here right now doing just that, um, <laughs> but I, I really think that that's true. Toilets. That's what I was waiting for. Yeah, I'm toilets. Patiently waiting. Uh, okay, I was going to save this for the show we do on things that piss me off, but I can't because you brought up toilets. <laughs> now, we all know the thing about girls and toilets and boys and toilets. Right, right. right. Boys stand up, put the toilet seat up. If you're lucky, they put it down. If they're not, eh, okay. What I hate about public toilets, I hate to go in and sit down on a public toilet seat with or without the paper, okay? And I generally, I don't even use the paper because, come on, <laughs> I don't believe you can catch too much off the toilet seat. However, what I hate is to sit down on a toilet seat that's wet because some bitch didn't want to sit down on the toilet seat with or without paper and hovered over to piss and then didn't even have the decency to wipe the goddamn thing off after she left or before she left. So I sit down, I got to sit on her pee because she doesn't wipe the toilet seat off. She won't sit on it herself and keep from peeing on it, but she won't even turn around and wipe it off afterwards. You talking about they're not flushing. Just take a look at a toilet. Now, I, and I've experimented because some toilets these days, when they flush, they splatter water up on the seat. Right, because of the force. Yeah. And so 
so to save myself from going around hating everybody in the store who may have sat on that toilet seat before me uh-huh. or used it before me, to save myself from glaring at them going, ah, it was you, wasn't it? Um, I'll actually watch the toilet when I flush it. And if it splatters water up on the seat, I'll go, eh, okay, it was probably toilet water. It wasn't really pee. Pee, right. But it does happen. It happens a lot. And it really irritates the crap out of me. If you know, I don't if you don't want to sit on the toilet seat, don't sit on the toilet seat. But please wipe the thing down. Yeah, just just wipe. Just courteous. take some toilet paper and wipe it down for the next girl. There you go. Okay, I'm done with that one. Well, I, I I'm not quite done. <laughs> Okay, I don't know if it's just the locale of where we're at (laughs) or what, but, you know, hygienically, we have, like, there's some people on the bottom rung down here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It just... Well, you know, there are people. Now, you know that Ernie and I used to work for KOA. Right. Campgrounds of America. We managed them for years. And... That included, you know, it always sounds like a glamorous job. Oh, we managed a campground. Yeah, okay. What that means is we cleaned a lot of toilets, too, among other things. And bless him, Ernie Ernie did most of it. And I would have to, from time to time, I would have to also. However, between us, we both agreed that the filthiest people in public bathrooms are women, by far. They are the ones who, if they dry their hands... The, uh, on a paper towel, they'll possibly toss it in the direction of the trash can. But if it doesn't make it, <laughs> doesn't make it. Um, more graffiti on the toilet walls, stuff like that. Right. Just generally, crap. Your toilet's not flushed. Uh, tampons hanging off, of, like Christmas tree decorations here well, and there. That, you that's know. where my story is going to hit. Yeah. So if. If we would compare notes, which we frequently frequently would do, it usually came up that the women were far more offensive in terms of leaving trash and filth around than the men. And from listening to women and men, without them realizing we were, in those settings, uh, I began to form the opinion that it was because a lot of them had the idea, well, they, they pay somebody to clean that up. Why do I have to pick it up? That's what they pay that guy for. That's what they pay that woman for. You know, and, and in Vegas you see that a lot, too, where yeah. there's a lady standing there, you know, waiting to wipe up whatever you did in the, in the bathroom. Right. Um, or in your case, a man would be in there. Then on their attitude is, well, she's standing right there. I don't want to take her job away from her here. I'll just throw the paper on the floor and let her pick. You know, it's it's sort of a messed up attitude, excuse me, uh, from my point of view, that kind of creates that disregard. You know, it's just poor manners and disregard for your fellow human. Uh, Christmas Eve, nature called. Mm -hmm. Yes, it will. And I... Really had to run. Unfortunately, the bathroom right in front of the station where I worked was occupied, so I had to run all the way down to the hospital. Jesus, mm. um, restroom. Mm. It's a you know it's unisex bathroom, so I had to wait. I was like, oh. So anyway, it was a lady walked out, and I, I just had to go to the bathroom. So I walked in, oh, turned on the light, and I am not joking. 
there was blood all over the toilet seat and a dirty, bloody tampon in the toilet. It was just nasty. It was absolutely wretched. I know. It makes you wonder. What, if anything, are they thinking? And and I... I actually ran back to my station to see if the other bathroom was you available. Know, open because I was not going to use that toilet. It was just yeah, nasty. Yeah. I found a, a similar situation. I didn't find the toilet seat messed up, but a tampon that had... She'd obviously removed it while she was sitting on the toilet and dropped it up it's like the far end of the toilet uh-huh. bowl itself where the water that when you flush the water sweeps things down and right. it missed it you know i don't know how long that thing had been sitting there and i took a great big old wad of toilet paper so i wouldn't touch the ookies with my hand and i cooted it down into the bowl so that, and i flushed it away because i i don't know because that's the kind of person i am I guess I uh, it, I don't know. There, uh, people are are, are uh, filled with disregard for one another. A lot of people are. A lot of people are not. I think it goes back to our manners conversation. I don't know if it was. Yeah. Com- I don't know. Did we record it or was no? It just a we never. We never did do manners. We've we've talked about doing manners, and I and probably we will one of these days. But I think I think has to do with uh, being taught. Uh, you know, it's it's not really even manners. It's it's if you want to go there, it's biblical. Do unto others. Yes. You know, I mean, it's just that simple. Would you want, you know, would you want somebody to come to your house and do that to your toilet in your house? Absolutely not. Of course not. Who would? Would she want someone to come to her house and do that in her house? It makes you wonder. It does. Would she notice? That's that's actually what I was kind of pondering. <laughs> would yeah. she notice? I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's, um, you know, they always say that thing about, you know, until you walk in somebody's shoes, you don't know what's, what it, life is like for them. And, and it is hard to, to imagine what goes on in some people's minds or doesn't <laughs> the go on in their minds um, that allows them to behave that way. I I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. It, if you if you could ask her, for example, right, and if she could tell you, it would be real interesting to find out what in the hell she was thinking. See, for me, you know, I don't know if it's just because I've been, like I said, in the medical field for so long. I, I've known what MRSA and C. diff were since. Oh yeah, know, oh yeah. Before yeah. I was even twenty, yeah. I, I knew what they were. Yeah. So you know, not only do I wash my hands, I wash the counter. Yes. You know, I kind of yes. wipe off the yes. door handle before I. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Just. I know. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't profess to know. I really don't. I. Uh, because I I suspect that if you could f- if you could crawl into her head and find out why she does something like that and doesn't clean it up, it's one thing to do that 
okay? Maybe, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe she pulled it out hovering and, and she just, like, blood squirted out all over. Okay, give her the benefit of the doubt. Maybe it was a horrible hemorrhagic incident. Who knows? Uh, but why she didn't clean it up afterwards? Well, and say, what condition physically was she in when she walked out of there? She There's looked a, funny. Yeah, but how, you didn't look underneath. and. Right, right. Well, I was going to say yeah. is, I seen the lady. I know what she looks like. She looked me right in the face when she walked. Yeah, but out you didn't see whether her ass was clean or not. Yeah, that's true. How do you know whether she cleaned herself up or but not? I, but I mean, I this has got to sound pretty gross to people that are listening to this that aren't in the medical field. They're probably going, "Oh my God, would they shut up about this shit now?" Uh, well, we, we could always detour and segue into the Kim Kardashian thing being pregnant. We could always go that route. Oh yeah, we could if I gave a shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. The Kardashians are lovely ladies, built like brick shit houses. Every one of them. Uh, what are they bringing to the table? As in society. Of life. Yeah. Well, hard put to answer that one, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Okay. So now you know why I don't really give a shit about that. Even though one of them was on our our show, our New Year's show. Yes. For- even though that, yeah. Yeah, not our show. No. No. So go run over to Sibling Rivalry, New Year's Eve show, and you'll see what I'm talking you'll about. See, yeah, you'll get to hear her in all her splendor. <laughs> what What I was going to say, though, about if you could get inside this lady's head and look around and figure out where she's coming from. That's a kind of an old phrase, but it, it's, right. it says it. You might then also be able to understand what motivates people to go to um, New Year's Eve celebrations and shoot guns and kill two people and injure five and put them in the hospital or uh, or any of the other ugly things we've heard about lately or... Um, drive drunk on a freeway whether they kill anybody or not um i I think make an old lady walk an extra distance because they parked in a crip spot instead of leaving it for her to park her car legally in a crip spot um that's got to be, um, you know. There are so many examples <laughs> that I suspect the the mindset is so similar to that of the lady that you encountered, uh, and and it's it's more complex than just manners or not learning to do unto others. I think it's much more complex than that. You almost think like a almost a psychological disorder kind of thing. Uh, I think that plays a part in some cases. Um, Dr. Phil doesn't have shit. See here, well, see here's, yeah, really. Here's the thing. You know, we, we, you and I, for example, we tend to think of ourselves as typical. Right. And we're so not. Well, okay, we're typical for our neighborhoods. Right. But we're so not typical to uh, Nigerians or Peruvians or Inuits or 
South Africans or um, Turkish people or um, Appalachian poverty-stricken people. How so? I mean, how? Because they're fucking starving to death, living hand to mouth. They don't identify the joys of life that we do because they're trying to stay alive. They don't uh, go around, or let me include in that, uh, Newtown, Connecticut. You and I are not going around, thank God, trying to find a way to bury our children. True. We're not trying to find a way to survive and and find something, one thing to eat because our parents are dead and we're living out in the middle of a Nigerian desert with no one to care for us. All we're worried about is whether or not we're going to have to work tonight or we're going to have enough gas to get to work or uh, did our kids get enough Christmas presents or um, am I going to have tacos tomorrow or am I going to have spaghetti or, you know, we're so just not typical human beings, okay? Our guts, our hearts, our souls are different from so many millions of people. And and not all of them just in those poverty-stricken areas I mentioned. Right. Not all of them um, living hand-to-mouth. Some of them are neighbors. Some of our neighbors do not have the same mind, heart, soul, gut set that you and I have. Which is why you're not friends with everybody you meet. Right. Which is why if you can count your friends on more than one hand, you're damn lucky. Okay, because most people can't. Not really. When you think of it, yeah, people have lots of acquaintances. Right. I've learned that lesson a long time yeah. ago. You, but you know that. The number of friends you have, it, realistically, if you can count them on two hands, you're doing good. Yeah. Okay? So, so when we look at the actions of other people with either appreciation or dismay, we're not really able to judge because we're really not in their skin. We're really, we really aren't carrying with us the same motivations and the same hopes and dreams and aspirations and fears and 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 all those other things that they are carrying and, and we don't even know where the hell they got them we didn't get them we got something else it's like almost like dna you know my dna is mine right all mine nobody's got dna like mine i'm the only one in the entire history of the world ever been or will be who has my dna nobody ever is going to have my DNA, same with yours and theirs. And and to a degree, the same with what's going on in inside us. You know, we because we look similar, you know, we have two arms, two legs, most of us. Two arms, two legs, head, butt. 
know, we we kind of dress the same in in some respects, and 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 I think we do that because it helps us to feel like each other right. a little more. You know, if it you know if you were all if we were all nudes all the time, I don't think we'd feel as much like <laughs> each other as we like to think we are when we wear clothes that are similar. So, so when I say it's 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 more than just how they were brought up or what they were taught, or or what their take on life is, it is so much more than that because uh, their, if I can use that term, mental DNA is theirs uniquely too. Where they got it, how they got it, what they do with it is something only they can say. Um, and so I don't I don't know as it's necessarily a psychiatric issue <laughs> as it is that just people are are really not the same. And when we get so we get so shocked when somebody does something we wouldn't do. Right. Um because we think they shouldn't because they should be like us. We wouldn't do that. What the hell are they doing it for? Right. But they're really not like us. And, and 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 not that they necessarily should be, but that's why they're doing stuff different. And and we celebrate the diversity of humankind on many levels. We say, gee, isn't it wonderful we're all different? Wouldn't it be boring if we were all the same? Right. You know, it's neat that we're some of us black and some of us are white and some of us are not. And then some of us are Cardassians. And some of us are Cardassians, and some of us are fat, and some of us are skinny. See, Cardassians have their own little subcategory. Yeah, they do. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, but but we're only willing to celebrate that diversity to a certain boundary. And beyond that, we're not willing to celebrate that diversity any longer because it diametrically opposes our way of thinking and living. Right. It's passing that line. It's crossing. So so we huddle together in little like groups with similar interests and similar goals. We join organizations with similar interests and similar goals. We join churches with similar interests and similar goals, similar motivations. Uh, we wear clothes that indicate those interests and goals and motivations. We drive cars, live in houses that take part in activities that, again, express those to anyone we think may be looking so that we can, you know, my mom used to say, don't go in a barn, you know, teach people that it's okay to go in a bar. And my mother was, my father was a preacher. You can't go in a bar because somebody will see you from the church and think that it's okay to go in a bar. Well, Christian's kid goes in a bar, it must be okay. And my mother was kind of screwed up, but God love her. She had a point. In that we do that, we we feel watched as a group, as an individual. We feel watched, and so we we put on clothes we think make us look good. We comb our hair because we think it makes us look good. We dye our hair because we think it makes us look good, or we cut our hair off because we think it makes us whatever we think. <clears throat> To express ourselves to each other, and then when somebody else does the same thing, we go, "Ooh, you do the same thing. Ooh, right. let's hang together because you and I are alike." 
Okay. And then if there's 50 of us, ooh, that's even better. There's 50 of us. We, we, must, we must be right because look <laughs> how many of us there are that, that are like this, you know. Uh, and when somebody does something like has been done in the last few weeks that shocks the world, it's, it's kind of like we recoil. At, at, the whole world recoiled at, at Newtown not the whole world, but those of us in the world who did recoil at Newtown, I think we take comfort in knowing there are more of us out there who who thought how horrible this was. It feels more comfortable to think that people thought that was horrible than to think that people thought it was okay to do. Speaking of Newtown, did you hear about the sol- the soldier that he went out and volunteered? His- he didn't have no, no weapon or anything. He was a Marine. He went out to the kids' elementary school. Yeah, I saw a picture of him. Yeah, on um, Facebook. Yeah, it, it went viral. Yeah, I saw a picture of it on Facebook. He is currently under investigation for dishonorable discharge <laughs> because he should have worn his dress blues mm. and some other stupid ass violation. And he was an Iraqi veteran. He's gone to combat. He's seen, you know, he's he's seen the, the real evil of man. And because he wanted to go out there just to show that, you know. He's, he was protecting. The kids. Yeah. The babies. Yeah. yeah. You know, now our government is talking about discharging him with a dishonorable discharge because he didn't wear no stupid ass blues. You know, dress blues is dress uniform. Yeah. He was out there in his fatigues. But it was part of the statement of, if he would have went out there in his dress blues, it would have been kind of like, well, you know, photo op kind of thing. As to where him going out in his, his battle fatigues, it was to be taken more serious. I don't know. I wonder if, what would have happened if he had gone to the principal of the school, okay, or the school district or whoever, And said, I want to stand guard over the children. Oh, it was approved. Okay. What if he had done it in street clothes? Civilian clothes. Why did he go in uniform of any kind? Is my point, my question. Mm. Why, if he, if he, you know, obviously he wanted that to be part of his statement. I'm a military man. I'm going to protect these children. Right. So, again, now we're going to go back to who runs the company. Right. Okay, the company says if you're going to do this or this or this, you're going to wear this uniform, this uniform, or this uniform. If you don't, you're going to get in trouble. Well, see, and I guess the thing that's going on is he's like, if I knew. Oh hell, he knew. Come on, come on. They tell them everything when they when they take a man off the street and they make a marine or a or a soldier or a naval person out of them they tell them everything they want them to know and they drum it into their little brains so there's never a question of what to do and when to do it this is what boot camp is all about okay the man knew the man knew what he should have worn under those circumstances why he didn't wear it remains to be seen 
Maybe he took it on himself to decide that it wasn't necessary to wear his dress blues. Maybe he decided that it was okay to look like I'm in combat fatigues or camo right. or whatever. He was in camo. Yeah. But but maybe he thought that was making a statement like, look, I'm 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 not just an ordinary Joe standing here. You know, I have military training. Don't fuck with me. Okay. If if that may have been part of his statement with his dress that was inappropriate. Because if he just wanted to be there to protect the kids, he could have done it in shorts and a t-shirt. Right, street clothes. Yeah. So, we don't know. We can't get into his head. We, can't, we And we have to stop pretending we can. We have to stop assuming the best or worst in what we see around us. We just really need to stop doing that. True. Until we find out, okay? Until uh, and 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 the military, who are condemning his actions, I have no idea, but I assume that part of that condemnation has to do with the fact that that man was told when he wears what right. when he was in boot camp. I'm telling you, they tell you where your ass is and when you're going to wipe it. And with what? I just think with everything that's going on, I think that something like that is kind of petty. It certainly would seem to be. It would seem to me that, you know, threatening him with court-martial over an incident like that is a little extreme. It might have been just as reasonable to say, look, this was not the right thing to do. If you're going to do this, you do it in your street clothes, or you do it in clothes we want to remind you are the appropriate clothes to wear, okay? And give them a reprimand for having worn the wrong thing at the right time. Right. You know, and that should have been enough. I, I agree that the steps they're taking are extreme. I don't think I agree that they're unfounded. I don't think they're unfounded. I just think yeah. they're, they're on the extreme yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, okay. Taking a segue to a little bit more happier news. Yeah. Um, I guess the Twinkie situation, which we've been following. Ah, the ongoing Twinkie world. <laughs> we've been following world this of Twinkie. For, for quite a few weeks now. Yes. Um, I guess they're down to the last three bidders now. Ah. So ah. Ah. Um, it's someplace in Mexico. Uh-huh. That's a like a baker. Yeah, Ernie yeah. said everybody wants that thing. Because remember, we were talking about little Debbie was going after it. Ernie yes. says everybody's going after yeah, it. Yeah, little kidding? Debbie's still in the right now. From what I understand, looking on the internet, mm-hmm. little Debbie has the highest bid. Huh. And then this bimbo. It's probably bimbo. bimbo. Yeah. Yes, bimbo. Bimbo's a big big company out of Mexico. They yes. make all kinds. In fact, Ernie mentioned bimbo. They make all kinds of uh, breads and pastries and whatnots. So I, I'm and they make um, what else he was telling me? Beer, didn't it? Or it has uh, a, a beer division? Maybe, but I remember him telling me something they make that I was kind of surprised at. I could call him and find out, but it doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, yeah, Bimbo was one. So, and you're probably, the listeners out there, they're like, well, how the hell is that? Happy news. Well, the happy news is that you're down to your final three, so someone's going to make the acquisition soon, and we're going to have Twinkies in the world. The once world more. will not be Twinkie less. 
which is just good news all around. Yes. And so, hopefully they will they will have to actually if they if they are successful bidders, they will get the name, they'll get the recipe, and I'm sure they will get some sort of contract that says they will follow the recipe. Oh yes. As written uh, and produce the product as it has been in the past. It may have a different name. Well, no, it has no, to have the name has, Twinkie. Yeah, it has to keep the Twinkie. Uh, but it'll be by a different manufacturer, presumably. Uh, it won't be Hostess anymore. I know. I wish I so had. So it won't I be had. Hostess Twinkies. I, I wish think. I had a few hundred million dollars sitting around. Um, yeah, I suppose. You know, it, it kind of surprises me, though, that there's still so much of an interest in something like that because, you know, people are trying to eat healthier and everything. And let's face it, folks, Twinkies are not health food. I'm sorry. It's, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but... It's the nostalgia. Uh, yeah, I well, think that's what saving is, the nostalgia. I suppose. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'm glad that uh, somebody somebody will get it. I guess life goes on. Oh, bloody, oh, blada. Yeah. Again, just a little bit of happy news, considering that we've covered. A, this was a very grim episode. It was grim, and I sure don't mean it to be. I don't want people to hang up on us because we're grim. You know, we could say something funny. We just if I could think of <laughs> funny to say. We I guess we just mm. had to get some stuff off our minds, yeah. Well I get terribly philosophical at times, I know. I'm kind of a idiot when it comes to being philosophical. I'm not sure why. Well, folks, we're coming to the conclusion of this uh episode. We we were told last week by the powers that be, which is actually the distributor of our show that, you know, we're still new, we're not really allowed to go over the one hour mark, <laughs> and one of Burbank has gone over an hour and a half twice, so we've, mm. we've kind of got our hand slapped. <laughs> so, any closing thoughts? Uh, no, no, just, you know, the whole year is a new page, you know, speaking of being philosophical again. So, you know, try not to spill your coffee all over it. That was deep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think those who, who, you know, try can get the meaning behind it. So, you folks out there, put your feet back and relax because you've still got 51 more episodes to go for 2013. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but last... Uh, episode, we said that we were actually not going to be on air. And a lot of people don't realize that we had recorded two weeks in advance. So mm. while they still came out Christmas Eve, no, our our show was Christmas Day, New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, the show still came out, but mm. we were not recording. No, we weren't. So we were we, playing. So we actually missed two weeks of recording. And I emailed Sadie and said, okay, let's get down to business. Let's get recording again. So we're back, and we're ready for 2013. And I am David K. Montoya. And I am S.C. Burbank. And remember, folks, what happens in Burbank ends up on a podcast. Good night. Good night. Oh, yeah. Now I remember. They pooped in the bathroom and didn't flush. (laughs) Yucky. Yucky, yucky, yucky.
All right, kids. Thank you so much for coming in and enjoying the show. Uh, we'll probably jump back into this, doing it every week again. Uh, let's see how the turnout does. So for this week, I am David K. Montoya. Joey Montoya. Come back every Friday right here on Flashback Friday. Do <laughs> do